Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're for the ride. Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders here. I'm Frank Frangie on a Friday installment of the program. Much to do today on the program. Going to be dreary a little bit. You seen that? Is it going to rain all weekend? Is that the plan? I don't know. What does our chief meteorologist tell us? It's supposed to rain a lot tomorrow night and some Sunday morning, and then it should be fine by the night, Sunday night. How about that? And we have a slightly important football game in town. Yes, we do. Is that is that a new forecast? Was it supposed to rain at night at one point? No? Remember? Uh, it was just a high percentage of yeah. rain all day Sunday, but it looks like now it's a little more condensed to at least be more Saturday night, Sunday morning. So perfect right. time for watching football tomorrow. Watching. What's the uh, dew point? I have no idea. And, and, and are there any cumulus? <laughs> cumulus yes, there's cumulus lots clouds? of those. Cumulus clouds. Is it cumulus nimbus? I'll mm-hmm. go all day. I'm not yeah. afraid. Clouds everywhere. So, Hey, lots of things to talk about today on the program. Jags and Ravens coming up. Uh, you'll hear from Zay Jones, one of the uh, really cool guys. They're one of the smartest players on the team and a guy whose importance is really ramped up, right? I mean, look, I think Christian Kirk, I made this point earlier in the week. I think it was this week or last week at one point. I think Christian Kirk is one of the – Three, four most important players on the team. I, I believe that. Well, with him out, Zay Jones is critically important. He is, and I, you know, it's a real credit to Zay because he is really gutting this knee out. I mean, it's, uh, you know, clearly he's not a hundred percent, and you know, but, but he's, you know, trying to do everything he can to help the Jaguars win, and he will be of paramount importance. You know, if if this is going to get turned around, and you're going to go out and get the biggest win of the season in beating Baltimore, then uh, everybody's going to have to play well, uh, in, including Zay Jones. So hopefully uh, hopefully that happens. But, um, yeah, I feel bad for him because you can tell uh, not so much from his just demeanor and things. I mean, he's he, he's minimizing the injury as, as best he can, but he's it's clearly a, a problem that he's having to play through. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you look at every position group and it seems like there's key injuries. And you hate to talk about that going into such an important game, but that kind of seems to be the the overriding thought right now and theme is how beat up are the Jaguars heading into this game? Well, and the thing is, they they really avoided injury last year. I mean, last year they were they were not a hurt team, you know. So, so you know, you know that kind of catches up with you. So, but, but here's, so here's my guess. My guess is they have Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland. They don't know that. They, they've got, and, and, and they're not holding back. They just don't know. But I'm going to guess they're going to have both those guys. I'm going to guess they're going to have Jamal Agnew. Would you guess that? Yes. I'm going to guess they're going to have Jamal Agnew. That helps. So that's three guys that are back that you didn't have. Uh, I'm going to guess defensively Trey Herndon. I'm going to yes. guess he, he, he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leaves you in terms of players of significance, Tyson Campbell, if he doesn't come back. Um, Andre Cisco, do we know about him? I still very much up in the air. So the guys that could miss are Campbell, Cisco. The guy that will miss is Christian Kirk. Fadakasi, we don't know, but there's a chance he plays. I think. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance they have Fadakasi, 
Herndon back. I'm going to guess no Campbell, no Cisco. I'm guessing that'd be my guess. And I think that those two players are, are key if you want to beat the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, to yeah. the matchup with the Ravens, you really want to have your best corner, or at least second best corner this season, perhaps, since Darius Williams has played so well. And you want to have Cisco. I mean, especially against Lamar Jackson and the way they like to play. But if they have to play without him, you know what? That's what the NFL is, That's is right. next man up. Nobody cares. Nope. Nobody cares. That's kind of the thing. Nobody cares. Hey, we got a lot of guys hurt. Nobody cares. So we'll see. We'll see. So I'm excited about the game. We'll talk about that. Ira Schofel is going to – one time we have Ira. One time we're coming on. RJ? 4.15. 4.15. So, four, so four in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll have Ira Schofel right after Pete Prisco. Uh, I really want to hear from the Florida State perspective how they're dealing with and managing the snub. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a clear snub. How we're going to – uh, how they how we're going to really talk about how they're how they're managing the snubs. So I want to talk a little bit about that. There's an interesting thing going on with the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour. Did you see this? They're partnering with a lot of professional sports owners. Have you seen this story? I have not. Yeah, they're, they're partnering with a lot of. I mean, the whole money thing with the tour is pretty amazing stuff. So I mean, billions of dollars. It looks like are going to go into that. So we'll certainly. Uh, I want to get to that later on the program. Um, I don't know how Brandon Staley didn't get fired at halftime, <laughs> but he did get fired right after. You you been you called that one about a year ago, didn't you? Yeah, he's never been overly impressive, and uh, it's a shame for the Chargers uh, because you know Justin Herbert rookie contract, and and you sort of squandered the opportunity there to really build something special, and now Herbert gets paid a lot of money, so it's going to make it difficult on the the new coach and GM to come in and and construct something. But it does help that you've got a franchise quarterback there, so. It's going to be an attractive job, probably the most attractive job that opens up, uh, despite the ownership there is, I'd say, subpar um, in, in terms of the Spanos family. But, you know, it's, it's in Los Angeles, you're sort of the second fiddle, but, I, but you're in Los Angeles, you don't have, you've got a quarterback that turns 26 in March, so you're, you're entering into the prime of his career. And, uh, you know, so I, I think it'll be attractive. It'll be really interesting to see. I've, you know, I thought all along it will be Bill Belichick's next destination. Um, we'll see if that happens. Obviously, there's a lot to work out with his New England departure, if in fact he does depart. Um, but if I was Bill Belichick and I knew I had about four or five years left in my career and I was chasing Don Shula, I would uh, hitch my wagon to Justin Herbert and build a defense around him and uh, and go to work. So, yeah, but it was a pitiful effort last night. Probably one of the, the worst efforts we've seen out of an NFL team did you watch in a decade. I did not. You so Jackson and I, yeah, Jackson and I were watching uh, Gators basketball, and uh, so we were sort of just peeking at the score, and it literally felt like the game it was it was like I don't know eight forty, you know, kind of thing. And so I was like, oh, let's, let's check the score, and it was already like twenty one nothing. It was like, oh wow. And so we just kept watching basketball and, and then looked at the score again 15, 20 minutes later, and it was like 42 nothing. It was like, oh, my God. It was almost – com- I mean, this I was, is just unbelievable. I was watching the basketball, and I was, but I was going back and forth. I was watching both. It was almost comical watching how it happened. You yeah. watched any of it? I did not because, like Hayes, I was watching basketball, and I was looking at the score, and I was just flabbergasted. Yeah, it, it was, it was – honest to God, it was amazing the way, it, the way it, it was amazing. Well, they quit. I mean, when you quit, that can happen. And that's the only explanation for it. You know, I mean, you, you just in the NFL, you don't get beat like that unless you just don't show up, uh, particularly when it's to the Raiders who, you know, it's not like, you know, the, 
you know, Ravens or Chiefs went in there. I, you know, it's a it's a bad team, embarrassing a team that quit. Uh, but I, I will be very interested seeing what happens with the Chargers job because their ownership could definitely mess this up uh, and hire the wrong person again uh, and, and maybe not want to commit the kind of dollars and, and resources to going after the big names. But this is a job that any big-name coach that is not comfortable at his current spot is going to covet because it's just not every day you walk into a situation where you have a soon-to-be 26-year-old franchise quarterback with 114 touchdown passes on his resume already. Who do you think gets the job? We'll talk, we're going to talk I think about it's Bill Belichick. I think, you, you think he's going to go and take it? I think he will. I, I think he's going to – everything that I thought would happen has happened. The Patriots have had the worst year they've had in forever. We talked a lot about in the offseason about their schedule and how brutal it was and how you know it, it, they may not win six games. Well, they're not going to win six games. They're one of the worst teams in football. And I do get a sense from Bob Kraft that, that – you know, I think the reporting locally there is is accurate. I think he is looking for a fresh start. I think you know that he's disappointed with how the post Brady Belichick regime is gone, and so that that to me feels like a parting of the ways. And I don't think Belichick's going to retire. I think he's going to look to go. He is so close to Don Shula's record. I just don't see him. And, and I and I think he's very high. The other part of it is if you're the Chargers. I'm absolutely hiring Bill Belichick. Now, it may not work out, but I'm that's a risk I'm absolutely willing to take. The Bill Belichick hasn't lost his fastball. They just got quarterback wrong once the greatest player ever left them. I think Ben Johnson's going to be their coach. I think he's the hottest name out there. I, I think I think Ben He's Johnson, definitely a hot name. I think he's I think he's the hot I think he'll be I think he will be this year's Now, who what other jobs are coming open? But what's going to be better than that job? You got Justin Herbert. So of, of jobs that possibly could come open, none trumps that one for that reason, right? I mean, if you if you're if you're looking at three or four open jobs, off the top of your head, what's coming open? Washington will come open. Okay, but that's not you got what, Sam Howell, right? Yeah. Who's had a nice year, but yeah. he's not Justin Herbert, right? I, you know, so I mean, it you know, obviously you, the, we'll see what the Raiders end up doing. You know, if Pierce yeah. gets the the full time right, job, right? right. Um, but uh, the Bears Bears aren't even coming open, is it? They certainly could, yeah. but I the Chargers would be a better job. Yeah, I think the Chargers are the best job out there. And Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in, in Detroit, is really – he's the next wonderkin, so they say. I wonder about Jim Harbaugh if Michigan doesn't win it all. He's got to be in play. I feel or like – Or even if they do. Yeah. yeah, or even if they do, that's true too. I just – I know they had – there were rumors that they were working out an extension for him, right. but does that really mean anything well, in today's and a, and day and age? Well, apparently, though, the extension I read about is it's big money – but he's got to sign an agreement that he won't pursue an NFL job. And if he takes an NFL job before X, he owes a lot of the money back. Do you see that? So let's let's say it's, what, 11 a year? I don't know why he would sign that. Yeah, he well, has all the leverage. Right, well, Michigan right. doesn't have any leverage. He's but, winning. But but I think, is it like, it's like a, is it a, was it 11, 12 years, 12 million, something like that? I forget now, but I think it was so, over 10. So let, let's let's say it's 12 million for five years, okay? Let's, let's, let's say that's right. So 60 million, but... If he takes an NFL job in that five-year stretch, he owes a bunch of it back. I mean, I've never seen a contract yeah, like that. And I mean, the NFL team could certainly pay that, right? You know, if well, it was a no, if yeah. it was an owner that w- was that what, motivated, what that badly. yeah, to hire him. Yeah. But if I'm Harbaugh, I'm not signing any provision like right. that. I just I've beaten Ohio State the last three years. Yeah, I've got you in the playoff. You know, I'll just walk out of here, and you guys can go find the next Brady Hoke. You know. <laughs> 
so I I I think Good point. I don't I don't think there's any chance that he'll he'll be tied to that. But I also don't feel like this is going to be the job he gets. I, I I just don't I don't get a sense that he's anxious to leave Michigan. I mean, he's got it rolling there. They might win the national championship. I mean, to you know, I I don't get the sense that he is. This will be the year he jumps to the NFL, but yeah. could be wrong. We'll see. All right, we'll take a break. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start with the Jaguars. Zay Jones is the topic of a Hayes Carlion one on one. We'll talk a little Jaguars. Ravens got a whole lot more coming up. Later on, Iris Joe fell on the program. Pete Prisco on the program. Uh, some college talk. The Dodgers get Tyler Glass now. What does that mean uh, for baseball? All kind of stuff. We're loaded up. Glad you're with us on a Friday. Our Friday is always brought to you by our friends at Big Chief Tire Company. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Did you ever see them live? I never did, and I my wife did because they opened for Aerosmith. I, but I they I, opened for Aerosmith, really? Can, this Kiss opened. Kiss opened. Oh, so this would have been like what this this would have been seventies? No, 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 no. They opened for Aerosmith. We were married. We got married in ninety. Oh wow! Yeah, Kiss opened for Aerosmith. Two thousand. Two thousand three. Is that what it was? Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. That's two, what I'm supposed two, to do. Two, and I, th- I would have guessed around 2003. Yeah. Wow. Suzanne. That is too. surprising. But I guess Kiss had come off of its. I'm still like, peak, shocked. Maybe. Yeah. That yeah. they would be like, an opening act yeah. for Suzanne anybody. Saw, it was 2003. Yeah. Suzanne. Suzanne saw him in. Uh, I'd love to see Kiss. I'd. I'd love to. Would see you dress him. up? I could pull that off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just just say what I could pull that off. I um. But I mean, you know, my, my the greatest ballad of all time. You know, don't you? Beth? Well, here's why. I don't think you understand this. Listen, he's wanting to get home, okay? Right. It's not, it's not like he's not trying to get home. It's right. Not, it's not like he it's doesn't not have it fault. as hard. No, it's not his fault. That's, right. It's not his fault. Right. I mean, I, I mean, he hears her calling. Right. Okay? Yeah. I, I, he hears right. her. Yeah. But he and the boys are playing. Right. I mean, what is, what's he, supposed, he supposed to do, to do? for right. God's sake, okay? Right. Guys get blamed for the wrong stuff here, okay? Right. I got his back on that, okay? Yeah. Peter Chris on the vocals, by the way, and I, and I just tell him he, I just, I, I got Peter's back, okay. So there's that. One of my favorite. Was songs. Beth just a fine girl? <laughs> well, there's two, too. But my sister-in-law, we we make so much fun of that song that my sister-in-law hates it when we get talking about it, okay. But the, uh, but uh, and and uh, I mean, God dang, what do you expect out of a guy, okay? I, yeah, I mean, I I think he's uh, a straight shooter. I, I love. By the way, I love Kiss. You like Kiss? Yeah, I love you. Like Kiss. But it was I'm lukewarm. It was before, like yeah, before time. my time. I love, I but love, uh, I love but yeah, I like I like the most of the stuff that I've heard. Yeah, I, I and I and I like them all. By the way, I like. I mean, obviously, Paul Stanley and and Gene Simmons, the ones you know. But Ace Freely, I, you ever heard New, uh, "Stuck in a New York Groove"? I have heard by Ace Freely. It's good. It's a fantastic song. He, he's one of the four. Mm-hmm. Peter Chris sings Beth. Ace Freely, "Stuck in a New York Groove" is his own song. And of course, uh, Stanley. And I, I love Kiss. I, you know what? How have I not had Kiss on an old Rock Thursday lately? I don't know. Well, that'll take a lot of the suspense out of the next week or two. Won't I've it? always admired Gene Simmons because his wife is Shannon Tweed. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. Well said. Um, the 
I think you can't drop back 57 times on this week. You can't drop back 57 times. So you got to run some. But there but I can't imagine that there's not some you can't you have to have some big plays in this one. Calvin Ridley might can, but Calvin's in a funk. We all know that. He's trying to work his way out of it and hopefully he will. But Zay Jones could be really with no Christian Kirk and the need for big plays. I don't see Evan Evan Ingram as big play guy. Steady nine catch guy, mm-hmm. nine for 82. Move the chains, red zone. Correct. But I think big plays, it might be Zay Jones. Yeah, it, it probably is going to have to be Zay Jones, which, you know, is a role he's suited to. I Again, it's just it's just such a – I think it's it's such a challenge for Zay because he's, he's not close to 100%. Um, but, uh, you know, but but he's given it his all out there, and, and hopefully it'll it'll make a difference in a, in a win for the Jaguars. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a, a really good test for the offense and what they just seemed to go through the last couple weeks, but especially last weekend. I think we're going to be able to tell very early on in this game against the Ravens if they've worked through the issues and if they're on the same page and if they're in a rhythm and if the offensive line is protecting. I think we're going to be able to tell all of that fairly quickly. We've said, I think, all week long that the obviously the run game hasn't been going according to plan, so I don't necessarily expect them to have a, a hundred yard rusher by any means. So the passing game is so incredibly important. The uh, passing game might be uh, based around not only Evan Ingram but Zay Jones. He's the topic of this Hayes Carlion one on one. We're pleased to be joined with Jaguars receiver Zay Jones here on 1010XL92.5 FM. Man, it's great to see you. How are you? Gosh, it sounds like you've done that before. <laughs> a couple times, a couple times. I'm doing well, though. Thank you for asking yourself. Good. How's your family? Everybody good? Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. What do you, you got anything coming up for uh, Christmas? Um, just enjoying the holidays. Um, it's a special time to be around those you love. Um, and it's just a time for us and my family to reflect on things that Jesus Christ has done in our life. Um, he's our savior and so just to have the greatest gift of grace of all and to be able to share gifts with each other is an incredible time so truly grateful that's awesome and in terms of uh practice day how's it gone this week for you guys i think it's gone good it's been clean um i think there's a there's more intention i can see it behind guys eyes so I'm I'm happy with the body of work that we put in, and, and hopefully it translates. I know you've been really gutting it out and and playing with a lot of courage. What what's been the difficulty physically in playing through the knee injury? Um, you know, it's everyone goes through something in their life. It's on the field, off the field, and especially in this game, people battle injuries all the time. Uh, typically around this this time of year, you know, we're however many games in and it gets difficult and it's just about pulling each other together and sticking together and overcoming you know, the obstacles that you face. So for myself personally, it's about leaning into my teammates and my coaches and doing the best I can. What kind of role can you play in getting Parker more acclimated and in everything that's going through his his mind as a, as a young rookie in this league now playing such a prominent role? I have no problem trying to help Parker, but he's really a person that uh, shows and demonstrates a lot of maturity. He's open to receiving advice and and coaching, but he's a young man that you can tell is very thoughtful. Um, He cares about the game, and so I think he's soaking everything in as he goes. So for me, if 
you know, he asked me something or needs a favor, you know, I'm more than welcome to offer it, but um, I'm really proud with the body of work he's put together so far as well, too. When it, what stands out about Baltimore when you watch them in the secondary? They're very sound and knowing where their spots are. And, uh, extremely athletic, uh, smart. They're a physical group. And they have a good amount of experience as well, not even just in their secondary, but across their team. And there's not really a level on their defense that shows signs of weakness from D-line to linebackers to secondary. They also, um, like, they're a very solid group. It seems like obviously not having Christian, not having Cam Robinson's tough, but like you said, you know, attrition's a kind of part of it in the NFL. But do you get a sense that there is some, some health coming back and this is the time where you guys can really hit the accelerator and play your best football of the season? Um, I think for me personally, I think it's just going to be a one game at a time type mentality. I don't want to look too far ahead. We are missing some some people that we know can impact the game for us, but it gives an opportunity for other people to step up. So there's no replacing Christian. There's no replacing Cam. It's about can we pull together and be better than our opponent on that day, and then we'll figure out the rest. How much are you looking forward to the crowd and, and the element of Sunday night football? I'm grateful for the experience, but I'm not – I try to be not phased by – you know, all the outside things, like cameras and media. and It's great that this city gets that attention because it deserves it. When it comes down to playing, my focus is going to be on my job. So it's kind of, you know, you're grateful for that. But at the same time, you can't let that become your focus. I know the injury has been a frustration, but what's it been like for you in year two and in, in your comfort level and everything with, with the system and, and being a Jaguar? Well, year two with the Jags, year seven total. And it's been... It's been up and down for sure, but I'm grateful for it all. Injuries are a part of the game, and it's about you know, setting those injuries aside and you know, being grateful for the organization, being grateful for the community and for the team and finding a way to get those wins. And so if I've learned anything, um, there's beauty in struggle and there's beauty in the process. Zay Jones, thank you so much for your time. Have a Merry Christmas and best of luck to you on Sunday. Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate Zay's time, and uh, he's uh, he, he's such a big part of this, and, and hopefully we'll have a fantastic close to a season. Because, again, I, I know obviously the numbers aren't there because he's missed time, and it really hasn't been right really all season. But uh, if, if, if he can have a great four games here to close this out and you know get hot in the tournament, still, uh, still a lot out there for Zay Jones and for the Jaguars as a collective. He's so eloquent. I love that that smart phrase guy. at the end. Yeah, very smart. There's beauty in the struggle. As fans of teams, all we want them to do is win, right? Like we don't care about the excuses, the injuries, whatever it happens. But sometimes you get better when you struggle. And I think this team is going to, I think, play really well Sunday night. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to win, but I do think they've been facing a lot of adversity, and, and I think they're going to come together. Yeah, and I'll say this too to that. It's a four-game schedule. I'd like to see them go three and one, and I think that's realistic. And you'd like them, I'm assuming, the loss to be the Ravens, or you well, don't care? Well, I don't. I'll, okay. I think three and one. I think I think the Ravens game is going to be a hard game. Yeah. I think that, but I think they can win. But I again, they're no one's other than the 49ers. They've played 13 games. Nobody's rolled them. You know, the 49ers. Houston did. Yeah. Well, well in okay. the first meeting, Houston pulled yeah. away. You're right. Good point. So, but the uh, but but not many have. So, yeah. so I mean, they played. Th- I mean, they they. 
Yeah, they'll they'll and they'll be ready to play, and I think it'll be yeah. By the way, I say I think this to your point you just made, Lauren. I agree with you. They'll this will be a good game. They will battle. They will battle the dang Ravens. Now whether they beat them or not, but this isn't this isn't going to be one of those games. I don't think we are. Where you go, what are they doing? Uh, how's that guy so wide open? How'd they blow that coverage? You know, wh- wh- how, why they have three straight three and outs? You know, that, that, I don't think it's that game. I don't think it's that game. So we'll see. Take a break. Some college football talk coming up in a bit. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Back to more of Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Family owned since 1961. It's Big Chief Tire. Mm. Bet I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Me and the boys are playing, and we just can't find the sound. Just a few more hours And I'll be right home to you I think I hear them calling Oh Beth, what can I do? Beth, what can I do? Okay, I'm good now. Oh, that was awesome. Okay. That was really, really good. I mean, what's he supposed to do, Hayes? I know she wants him to come home, Lord, but the, he and the boys are sound. playing. Yeah. When I you're do- playing... I mean, I do have I a question. Think she's too demanding. Where is she calling? Like the bar? Somebody's house? That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, I think she's just too demanding, right? I, clearly, most women are. So I can understand that. By the way, Big Chief Tire Friday, five locations around town West Side, South Side, Blanding, North Side, and of course, Orange Park, where we broadcasted from earlier this summer. So make sure you get your car, well done, your vehicle, absolutely, in holiday shape at Big Chief Tire. Go to bigchieftire.com. All right, we're going to talk college football. By the way, that was Kiss, and I think we determined in the break we don't necessarily need to kiss Old Rock Thursday. Yeah, I, 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 I told you guys I love Kiss, and then I realized I know rock and roll all night and Beth. Okay, so, so, so now I like them both. So, sure. So, so uh, but uh, Beth is phenomenal. Who doesn't love Beth? You, 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 let me tell you what. I hope they found it, their sound. Let, let me just tell you this. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what happened over there at Bowles on San Jose Boulevard or over there at Bishop Kenny, okay? But in England, forget not even the Ramada. If you're in the gym, okay, you're in the gym, dancing, shoes off, <laughs> hugging, hugging the cheerleader mm-hmm. that went to the dance with you, they play Beth, forget about it. Okay? Yeah. I, just, just, just so you know. That's okay? one of my favorite things from movies is like the prom scenes yeah, from the proms, 80s I mean, <laughs> or before. Or, or, but the high school dance even better than the prom. Oh, that's yeah. in the, you know why? Because that's in the gym. Okay, And Don McClain saw him dancing in the gym. Okay, hey, That was free of charge. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. By the way, at St. Paul's. Lauren's like, like, I'm trying to do a sports talk show here. <laughs> no, Will you please shut up? At so. St. Paul's, there was one teacher who, if the boy and girl got too close while dancing, she would come and put her hand in between right. them and do the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, no, no, room for, no, it's room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> room for the Holy room Spirit. Room for the Holy Spirit, believe me. But, but she would, yeah, right. she would make sure, yeah, there was room for the Holy Spirit. All right, National Signing Day is upcoming this Wednesday. So we have a race to the number one recruiting class in the final stretch. Brandon Huffman from CBS Sports ranks the four candidates that are likely to have the number one spot. As of right now, Georgia has it. But I'm sure you guys have seen the rumors that Dylan Rayola, the five-star quarterback, may not go to Georgia. He may now go to Nebraska where his dad went. 
even if he leaves, Georgia would still have the number one recruiting really? class. Even without the best Even without in the Dylan Rayola. But they can be overcome. By the way, do you think Dylan Rayola goes to Nebraska from what you've read? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I do. Again, I'm the worst person to ask. I don't know it well. Right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, his dad went there. And how Ma- shocking is that, though, that at the last minute he's going to not go to a well, place I, that's I, won two I national think, championships? I think the Carson Beck factor is what happened. Yeah. I think, I, listen. He'll, he'll be week one starter at Nebraska. Everybody thought Carson Beck was going to go, lead him to a national title. Go be in the NFL, and then Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton, and, and Dylan Rayola were going to battle it out. Well, Carson screwed it up for everybody because he said, "No, nah, I want to play another year of college football. Good for him." And Has so, he officially announced that? No, but no, all the word is. But it yeah. doesn't seem it, it, like I was the, saying, the, the I, NFL. He has, I it. The NFL people do not believe he's going to be in the draft. That's great. Uh, all the okay. all the chatter is that he's going back. Yeah. Well, and I understand why he wants to go back, but okay, again, if you're Dylan Rayola, would you rather wait one year and then play for an offensive line and play with the running backs and receivers that, and the tight ends, certainly, that George yeah. always gets, or go to Nebraska, start week one, but look at the yeah. offense that you're going to have well, surrounding Well, he might be you. getting a lot of pressure yeah, yeah. from his dad. Well, and, and, and by yeah. the way, his dad, Dominic Rayola, I think was a center, he was a great player. Dominic Rayola was a great player. I mean, he's so... So them, he's a leg. He did. He didn't just go there. He was a legacy. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, so so yeah. So all right. So the number two recruiting class, uh, Ohio State currently, but Ohio State could jump Georgia if they're able to keep Jeremiah Smith and land a couple other guys, like for instance, four-star defensive lineman Amaris Williams, who's committed to Florida. But Ohio State's trying to flip him. If they are able to flip him, they could potentially move past Georgia. And Hayes, in, and again, Hayes knows this better than I do. But you were kind of telling me during the break. Insiders think they could lose him, right? I think insiders expect that he's going to end up actually at Auburn. Okay, so, oh. So, oh, so Florida loses him, but not to Ohio State. Correct. Okay, how about that? I think that might be worse to lose him yeah. to Auburn, uh, yeah. although Florida doesn't play Auburn next season. All right, the number three recruiting class, Florida State, they are trying to also flip wide receiver Jeremiah Smith, who is committed to Ohio State. They are also trying to flip defensive lineman L.J. McRae, yeah. who also is committed to Florida. Yeah, and the word is that they're going to keep. They're probably going to hold on. I think. Yeah, I think. If you were guessing, I think most people feel like McCray sticks to Florida. I I do think Jeremiah Smith flips to FSU. Wow, which is going to be gigantic. That's the number one player in the country. Again, yeah. I mean, that's that's just me guessing. I mean, I mean, Norvell, say what you want. FSU was two years from being a disaster. That program was a disaster. Yeah, really, like two years ago. Remember when Travis Hunter left him at the altar yeah, on yes, signing day, and yes. it was like, "Oh my gosh, it's nothing." Why ever didn't they goes hire right Dion? Why didn't and, they hire Dion? They should have right. hired Dion. That's a great, great call. And now they're going to have to. Now they're they're thirteen and zero, and they're about to have the third best recruiting class in the country. Yeah, and and, and, and look, he's going to get a bunch of portal. And guys. it makes sense for Jeremiah Smith. I mean, you see what Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson right. did this year, That's and right. and they're both leaving. So there's, you know, a massive opportunity to play I mean obviously Ohio State's been fantastic at producing receivers and we'll see what what he decides but I I think I'd put it at 60 percent FSU and then the fourth class is Alabama Alabama currently has three five stars which I feel like is low for Alabama and 12 four stars but currently the fourth class they can I think get to number one but it's going to take a lot of different moving pieces yeah but but, but, but either I, way and then Florida comes in at number five currently yeah. and they'll drop yeah, so okay. they will. They'll drop with some of those guys. They'll drop out of that. I yeah. mean, I don't know that they'll drop yeah. till you know twelve. So, 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 so okay. Not so, gonna, they're not going to finish. Uh, all right. So okay. you're you're the you're the recruiting. That's a good list. You're the recruiting guy. You you're, you're the guy. Give me top of your head, Georgia finish one. Yes, FSU. I'll say FSU finishes second. Okay. So Florida. a spot ahead of where they are now. Because I think that'll I think right. Jeremiah Smith flipping to FSU will okay. put FSU second and Ohio State third. Okay. Florida. 
Seventh? Uh, uh, ninth. Ninth. R- really? That Okay, so Georgia 1, FSU 2, Florida 9. Really? That Be my guess. Okay, I don't follow. Uh, Miami. I mean, again, ninth when you're five and seven. I agree. Good and the, yeah, yeah, the coach's second year. So you're saying FSU that's and Georgia point. had better years? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. it's, Miami's, go ahead. it's stunning, to be honest, that he's not 19th. Yeah, he doesn't have a list in front of him. Where's that? Miami's there? currently seventh. Is that what you think, somewhere thereabouts? That sounds right. Okay. So well, that's really good for Cristobal. Well, and, and where'd you say Alabama was, Lauren? You said he Currently fourth. Alabama fourth. So what about, what about Tennessee, LSU? So are they LSU all is Auburn? currently 12th. Tennessee is currently 14th. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to. You don't have to look. look Auburn I mean, is eleventh. I'm just trying to. You know what I mean? Just, just yeah. The the the. You know. So Texas is six. I said Miami's seven. Oregon's eight. Oklahoma's nine. Notre Dame's ten. How much do you think that will change as far as the top ten between now and Wednesday? I wouldn't think much. Okay. I mean, I I would think those will probably be close to your ten. I uh, I am intrigued by you know Clemson's fifteenth. That seems low. Uh, Michigan is 16th, which uh, is really surprising. Uh, USC 17th. So again, if you're if you're a Florida fan mm-hmm. out there and you're lamenting the fact that your class that's fifth might fall some, right? I mean, there's some. I mean, there's no reason Michigan should have a worse class in Florida. They're the number one team in the country. They're in the playoff. They have one of the best coaches in the country. Absolutely. And they're 16th right now, and you're fifth with a coach that can't figure out 80% of his job. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, I, again, I would say to Florida fans, don't, you know, panic when y- your class falls here and you don't have this great close. You don't have nearly the ammunition on the trail that these other schools do that are significantly behind you. Like Dabo Swinney shouldn't be 15th on this list. Right. There's no reason for that. Yeah, there's no reason that Clemson should be 15, Michigan 16, and USC 17. And I think, Frank, if it was the reverse, if the class currently for Florida or any of these schools, you could say Florida State, if the class was 10th right now and got all the way up to 5th, then fans would be like, oh, let's go and celebrate. But the fact that it's the reverse or could be the reverse is when fans start to flip, even though they haven't been following it that closely. But you know what's funny about that? I, I agree with everything you said. It, it's how do you've had, what have you done for me lately? Right. But I think because Florida was so bad, to Hayes' point, so bad on the field, and there was so much concern there, and they did lose what Hayes, two or three quick flips right out of the gate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they lost Princely and and Etienne, who were good players. Everyone thought the sky was falling so much. So now, when Lagway holds, and 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 LJ McRae holds, it almost seems like more of a win, yes. you know, because because they're bad on the field, all the dysfunction, people were really worried about them. Then all of a sudden, a couple flips, then good players leave, and then uh, and then so you know what I mean. So so by, now I think Lagway. So to the point I think Lauren was making, Lagway and McRae coming almost feel like new recruits. They're not. You know what I mean. They're not. But it, yeah, I think it'll be a day of if 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 those two signatures come in on December twentieth, Wednesday, I guess is what that is, right? Yes. Um. Then uh. Yeah, I think I I think Florida fans should have a celebration. If if you if you make it to the finish line with a five star franchise quarterback and a five star defensive end slash tackle, yes, I mean that. Considering where you are right now on the field, I'd say that would be a gigantic accomplishment. And again, it gives you a, a little tease of what Billy Napier could be if he could just find his way to a nine and three season, which 
and let's just say with this schedule, let's say that's an eight and four season because of the difficulty of it. But if Billy Napier goes eight and four next year, no one's going to be talking about hot seat with him. Uh, he's going to be coming back in 24 and we'll have some momentum because as we've looked at, if he wins eight games, that means seven pretty impressive wins. And then you've got the cupcake win. So to win seven games, you know, pick your seven of, right. of the other 11, that would be seven pretty quality programs. I, if he could ever have success to take with him on the trail, I mean, he'd be a, a dynamo. I, I, I mean, I, it's clear he he's an unbelievable recruiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always say, used to say this about Zook. If Zook ever got to where he was no longer fire Ron Zook and there was no more noise in the system. Now, again, if Urban came in and did great. Don't get me wrong. But if Zook had ever gotten to where, okay, he's the coach, the roster, the level of talent on those rosters, he might be as good a college recruiter as there ever was, you know? I mean, so, I mean, Saban's a great recruiter at Alabama. He was not a great recruiter at Michigan State. Zook was a great recruiter at Illinois. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So, so I, I but, and I think the same thing about Napier. If Napier can get to, I'm not sure Dabo Swinney's a great coach. He may be, and, I, and I, everybody loves Dabo. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but I'm not so sure Ryan Day's a great coach, but they are really good at getting really good players. And Ryan Day, now, when Michigan comes along with just as good of players and a really good coach in Jim Harbaugh, he's going to beat Ryan Day for you. You know what I mean? But I, but I, but I think uh, I think if Napier can get players in there, uh, the danger is Mike Norvell might be both. He might be a really good recruiter and a really good play caller. So the danger for Florida is you might be going up against a guy. You know, I mean, the, we'll, and we'll, Kirby Smart obviously is now excellent mm-hmm. right, at everything. Yeah. You um, know what I wonder about Norvell? And by the way, he's got to win some championships before this counts. And who knows if it'll ever be good. But you know what, he, what that whole Norvell thing reminds me of a little bit is Billy Donovan. Now, who knows if he's going to be great. Donovan was great. You know, he may not be great. But he was about where, you know what I mean, first two or three years, it looked like this. Young guy. People didn't know a lot about him, but they thought they – and all of a sudden it started happening. Yeah, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see. He reminds me of that path. Now, again, I'm comparing him to one of the greatest college basketball coaches of our lifetime, so that doesn't mean he's getting there. But, I mean, I can see the, a similar Yeah, there's parallels. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, again, it's that Florida State's going to be, over the next year, probably the most fascinating program in, in college football just because of the unknown. Like, you know Georgia and Alabama are going to be great next year. Right. Uh, you know, and what we don't care enough about Washington here to whether the Huskies are able to follow this up or not. We'll see about Michigan. If Harbaugh stays, I'm sure they'll be good. But – of all the teams that were really in the thick of it this year, Florida State is the most intriguing in 2024 because I think it's a, a fairly open-ended spectrum of results. Could they go 8-4? and four? Probably not because we've looked at their schedule and it doesn't appear to be overly daunting. But there's a big difference between 9-3 and three and 15-0. and 0. And either one would not completely surprise me if you told me that's what's going to happen now. Wouldn't surprise me if they went nine and three because obviously they have to rebuild the roster. I don't think it'll be worse than that, um, it, you know. But it 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 wouldn't surprise me if they're right back in the national title discussion because of how well he's done adding talent. And the other facet, Frank, is not just recruiting now; it's transfer portal too. Like recruiting is one facet of it, and then I feel like you almost have to add the transfer portal, even though you could say that's recruiting. It's totally different. Following along with guys' careers in college versus high school and talking to parents of high schoolers, but actually just talking to the collegiate, like I just think it's a lot different. 
We'll take a break. Let's get into NFL football. Pete Prisco joins us after this. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. Pete Prisco joins us now. I'm talking a little uh, NFL football. Pete, how you doing, buddy? What's up? How are you guys? We are we are doing great. All kind of things. I want to get to a lot of things around the league with you here, Peter. But uh, let's start with the here and now. Jags on Sunday night play the Ravens. The Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Pete, but I don't think they're unbeatable. And I don't mean just for the Jags. The Jags have a pretty good team. I don't think they're the 49ers. I don't think they're the Brady Patriots. What do you think of the Ravens? I agree with you. And, and you know what? They were fortunate last week to beat the Rams at right, home. Correct. And, and the Rams are a good football team. Don't get me wrong. And, and I think the Rams might actually sneak into the postseason. But when you look at you know the Ravens' defense, it hasn't been as good lately. Uh, they, they're better on offense than they've been. But they have flaws, just like everybody else. I, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that, Frank. I, I think you're right. They're the number one seed in the AFC, but they're, they're highly beatable, as is everybody in the AFC. Pete, what do the Jaguars offensively have to do to have a chance to beat Baltimore Sunday night, in your opinion? Uh, block the front. And, and I think, you know, by that I mean run the ball a little bit better than they've run the ball and protect, you know, better. And, I, you know, the offensive line's been an issue across the board all year. And, you know, they get guys in and out, and now they're, I guess they're going to have Cleveland and, and Little back, right? They're both going to play in that in the outlook? Uh, they're definitely going to have Little, Cleveland probably, but they're not sure. Okay. Well, the problem is the center. I mean, I, look, I, I know I harp on that way too much, but let's be real. I mean, if they're having problems running the football, he's a big part of it, you know, and, and that's a concern. So he's got to play better. He's got to get more physical. He's got to get lower. He plays high. Um, if they're going to run the ball, pass protection, he's been okay. And I think the line at times has been okay, but they got to protect against that group. Here's the thing. Clowney has been playing well for the Ravens, and, and, and that's got to be a little frustrating for Jacksonville fans because they could have had him. I mean, you know, they, that's a guy that they, they could have had, and they, they didn't make the move to go get him. Pete, you thought the Browns would win, right? I did. I thought the Browns would win that game. And and, and you know what, Lauren, they, when it comes to that game, it was – a bunch of busts and bad coverages, and, and it wasn't like they physically got mauled or anything like that, but you let Joe Flacco throw for 300 yards. That, that shouldn't happen. And here's my theory on Jacksonville, okay? When they're playing well and they have these wins that look good and they're playing well, they, I don't think that they're the same group in the building. And by that, I mean it, it's, it's quite obvious that the work isn't getting done the same way when they're not playing well. It's almost like they start reading their press clippings because that's when you see the bust, the bad route, uh, you know, the, the mistimed throws, all of it. And, and I'm not sure why that happens, but the coaching staff has to be better and the players have to be better. I know they're a young team in a lot of spots. Those guys got to quit reading their press clippings when they have success and put in the same work against teams that you maybe should, be, should win against that you do when you're playing good teams. I think that is a dead-on take. And I think, and Pete, I think and it's a, good, it's a good locker room. It's a good culture. But part of what you have to have is enough old guys, veteran guys, that can make sure they lift everybody to that level of work. Because I, I, I think you're dead-on. And I, and I think Doug Peterson would tell you that if he was sitting here right now. 
that that's the next step, right? The next step for a still relatively young team is enough guys to like Foye Aluakon and others, Brandon Sheriff, that can lift you to that level. You, I mean, because I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And young teams have to get to that point, right? Yeah, you do. And you have to have, you know, veteran guys to help them. But it, it, it's quite obvious it shows up. I mean, the, you know, like Lloyd had been playing really well in the last couple of weeks, not so well. And, right. and I think that he's one of those guys. He's exhibit A. And, and, and there's the bust in the secondary. That That's all from putting in your work and the, the route running. And, then you know, whether they try and, you know, absolve whoever of blame on the bad routes, I mean, they, they ran the wrong routes or, you know, they, they mis, miscommunication between quarterback and wide receiver, and that shouldn't happen at this stage of the season. So I think it's a combination of everything. But, but, but Frank, when you look at it, I think it's, it's no doubt that it's, it's a team when they're like this week, it wouldn't shock me to see them play really well and have no bust and no flaws against a really good team in prime time. Uh, because that's who they've been in their in their young career so far. Absolutely, Pete. Uh, the injury report just came out actually. So uh, Little and Campbell are listed, uh, or excuse me, Cleveland are listed as questionable. Tyson Campbell and Andre Cisco have been ruled out. What kind of challenge will that be for Mike Caldwell and the defense trying to slow down Lamar Jackson through the air? You know, I wanna, uh, it's going to be a real challenge when you have two of your better players in the secondary not there. But he, here's the thing. They have to get Antonio Johnson on the field, and and uh, I'm a you know look. I know he's been hurt. Uh, he was start the season. He was banged up. But when you watch the tape, and he only played I think 12 plays last week, his speed is evident on the tape. I mean, he's fast. He's athletic. He's uh, that's the kind of guy you need to work him more into the defense. So um, I'm sure that what Wingard will start in the secondary, right? He'll start for, uh, mm-hmm. for Cisco. Is that the way they'll go there? Yes. But I think Antonio Johnson is one of those guys that's got, they got to use him more and more and get him more snaps, whether you do it as a nickel player or, you know, whether you play him at safety, whatever, I think he needs to get himself on the field because he's, he's got the speed and the pop to go make some plays. And I think it shows up on tape. I'd keep an eye on that one for this week, Pete, since you said it, I'd, 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 I'd keep an eye out for number 26 this week. If that's just, that's just me and you talking, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you, Frank. I mean, it's, it's it, and it's so obvious that he's a little bit different than some of those other guys in terms of the ability to run and, and quickness and make plays. I, I, I think he's got a chance. That's one draft pick, I think. I liked him when he came in. He was on my better-than team. I think he's going to be a really good player. Pete, who scares you more going up against the Jaguars' defense and, like Hayes said, with certain players out? Zay Flowers or Isaiah Likely? Zay Flowers. I, I think they get him the ball in a bunch of different ways. He's, he's a good player. He can get deep. He's creative with. They're creative with him. Todd Monken's done a great job with that offense. I'm a big Todd Monken guy. I think he's an outstanding coach. Going to be a head coach in this league at some point. And and I think uh, it, it, Zay Flowers is definitely the guy that scares me more than Isaiah Likely. Pete's going on the league a little bit. Uh, Chargers' uh, job is open. Uh, who are the leading candidates? Who winds up there in your opinion? You know what, boo-hoo on uh, Brandon Staley, by the way. I mean, my gosh. Remember, Frank, when he came on, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the yeah, world yeah, because yeah. he played like Madden football. That always catches up to you. The roster yeah, was a right. little overrated, and so they blew them both out. You know, Tom Telesco had 10 years. That's a long time for a general manager. So uh, I think you got to look at it from how they're going to hire first. You know, where are you hire? You know, people talk about go get Belichick. If you go get Belichick, you got to trade for him unless they fire him. And, and if I'm the Patriots, I'm not firing him until I find out if somebody's going to trade for him. And if they trade for him, 
Are you going to give him personnel decision because his personnel decision powers what was his undoing in New England? So I think that's a tough decision. I think the you know Ben John, Ben Johnson he's a guy you got to keep an eye on. That's the but, guy, isn't it? Isn't that the yeah, guy? We, yeah. 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 I mean he's he's a really good coach. I think he's ready to be a head coach. You hear not people you know in that organization rave about him. But again, here's what you don't know, Frank. How do they manage the room? I mean, we've seen many guys who could design plays and call plays who can't handle the responsibility of managing the team. And I think that's what we lose sight of sometimes. I think, you, first and foremost, you have to have that guy. By the way, another guy, Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator of, uh, of uh, the Miami Dolphins. And I know McDaniel calls the plays, and he's the guy running it. But this guy's worked with Sean Payton. He's worked with a bunch of other coaches. And he's a guy. He's 42. He's at the right age. He seems to get it, and I've heard nothing but good things from people in the league I respect. Who's going to win the Dallas-Buffalo game? I think Buffalo. Right? They, I was at that game last week, boy, I'll tell you what. They, nobody wants them in the playoffs. You just don't want them there. That guy can put them on, their, on his right arm and go. And, and defensively, they're still missing guys, but they got some guys back. Ben Poop is back, and they're playing much better on defense. And uh, I think they'll beat the Cowboys, you know, Look, the Cow- it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to stop them either. And then they got the Chargers on the road, which is now means you're playing Easton Stick with a coach coaching uh, vacancy. And then you get, uh, I think, New England at home. And then all of a sudden, if Miami loses to the Ravens or somebody, or even the Jets this week, that last game of the year is going to be for the division title, and everybody thought Miami was going to cruise to it. So, Pete, you were there during Patrick Mahomes' meltdown. It was uh, a little bit over the top. Um, he was clearly lined up, you know, in the neutral zone. And the other thing about that is he picked the guy that Kelsey got open on. He picked him. It should have been a blatant offensive pass interference penalty. It was so easy to call, and they didn't call that either. So, you know, look, the Chiefs have been uh, beneficiaries of a bunch of really good calls over the years, including one in the Super Bowl uh, that was debatable on a hold last year. So, look, I think that was Patrick Mahomes having everything just boil over. I, I don't think it was necessarily the officiating. I think it was the whole frustration of this year boiling over because guys are dropping passes and they're not making plays. They're not scoring points. I mean, that's a team that you expect to score points, not scoring any. Pete, final thing, we'll let you go. Um, and then I'm going to ask you who you think is going to win the Jags-Ravens game. But before that, um, where when we look up at the playoffs, who came out of nowhere and is going to be hanging around? Are the Broncos going to get there? The Bengals look suddenly good even without Burrow. Uh, anybody, anybody got your attention that maybe didn't two, three, four weeks ago? Not in the AFC. Uh, The only one would be Buffalo. That's the one. If they get in as the seven seed or or even a six seed, nobody wants to play them. And, and then, uh, in the NFC, I, I, you know, Green Bay, but they played poorly the other night. And here, you know, mentioned Denver, Denver plays Detroit this week. That's almost like a big time Detroit reeling and that if Denver go in there and win that I mean they're they're going to make the postseason so yeah it's interesting that you mentioned them because but this is their third straight road game and Frank you've been on the road back-to-back yeah. weeks but three straight is brutal in yeah. the NFL Boy, it really is Pete uh, Jags Ravens who wins the game I think the Ravens win it but you know what <clears throat> I, I, I think again when I go back to my theory on that team and and what I've studied them and talked to people about it I, it would not surprise me to see Jacksonville win that game would not because I think these are the kind of games where they put the extra work in and focus. And even if the Ravens win it, I think it's going to be a close, high-scoring game. I think Jacksonville will score points. Pete Prisco from CBSSports.com. Pete, have a great weekend. Thanks, buddy.
All right, guys. Take care. And we do want to remind you, that's always brought to you by our friends at Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Look, tomorrow they've got that monthly in-store card show. It's 9 to 4. James Spence Authentication will be on site, as they always are, to authenticate uh, your autographed items from 11 to 3. But remember now, 9 to 4, tremendous, tremendous in-store card show, all kind of vendors, all kind of tables. 9 to 4, Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. You know where they are now. They're at the corner of Phillips and Chad. Some of the nicest people we've ever known run that thing, and it's a great time to get what you need authenticated. James Spence will be in there from 11 to 3. 9 to 4 is the card show. Head to Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. That is tomorrow. Let's keep it. Uh, let's keep our guests uh, coming up. When we come back, uh, Iris Chauffel joins us from Warchant to talk Knowles and more. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's the National College Football Report, brought to you by the law firm of Woolsey Morecambe on The Frangie Show. And we welcome you back. It is the uh, Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report. Frank Frangie and Hayes Carline with you here. Our buddy Ira Schofel checks in from Warchant.com in Tallahassee. Ira, how are you, man? I'm great. How are you guys? I have eaten more of that register sausage. I want you to know this. It's like really right. good. You're the guy. And by the way, Hayes, <laughs> Hayes do you have any yet? Hayes I have haven't any gotten yet. any yet. I, I can't been, wait. I've been taunting Hayes because yeah. he doesn't have his yet, Ira, okay? You're, 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 hold, you're holding out. Yes, yes, I am. So, But it's really good. Thank you for the connection there. Hey, um, hey, hey let me ask you. The It's been a few weeks now, and, and even, even those of us that went to Florida, like me, or have been railing about how how badly FSU got screwed in this thing. I, I think most people believe that. How have they picked up the pieces there? The emotion of it all, because I, I I get the, all the politics and this politician and that politician, but you still got a football team there. They got a bowl game to play. How are they dealing with this a couple weeks later, Ira? Uh, still dealing with it. You know, I think it's uh it's it's going to take a while. I mean, I th- and I think there's two separate things, obviously the fan base that I think is going to be struggling with this for a long time. Um, and then on the other side of it, you've got, you know, the players and coaches. I think the co- coaches, you know, because they get paid the, the big bucks, they're the ones, and, and they understand the importance of turning the page and not letting that dwell and, and kind of fester in the program. They're doing everything they can to try to get the players to kind of refocus on the future and, and to, to not dwell on it. Um, but that's tough. I mean, a lot of these players, you know, especially the ones who are older players that kind of went through what Florida State went through the last few years, and that to, to all those guys who came back for this season, uh, from Jordan Travis and Jared Verse and, and a bunch of other guys who could have either gone pro or transferred to, to, to a school, you know, maybe a, a, some of the NIL opportunities out there. And uh, But they all came back and, and wanted to make that run, and then when it gets snatched away from you, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be not just disappointment, but kind of people questioning, like, what what was was that all worth it, you know? And, and so it's just something they're wrestling with, and I think it's going to be a challenge as they've, they've gotten back to practice this week and preparing for a bowl game um, that, you know, it, 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 what, there, was a, there was a time not too long ago where we all would have, like, you know, you, you dream about going right. to an Orange Bowl and right. playing in Georgia and all that, but, but that's not the time we're in right now, so that's going to be a challenge for the coaches to get those guys back on track. Ira, thank you so much for joining us. What what are some bowl storylines that you'll be following in terms of young players maybe having to step into roles depending on opt-outs and things like that? Uh, what Do you get a sense of will, will Florida State have the majority of their team against Georgia? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. And we really probably won't get great answers or a complete picture probably until next week maybe. 
Um, you know, they've had a, they've practiced a little bit so far without any media access. And I think that that's very much not like Mike Norvell. He's uh, very accessible. We usually get to watch most practices. They have not been open so far, I think, because he, he is dealing with these issues with players and who's going to play and who's not going to play. And, and uh, from what I understand, most everybody's kind of showed up for the practices, you know, with the exception of Johnny Wilson, the receiver who already declared for the draft that he's not going to play in the bowl game. Um, I believe most everybody else is showing up, but, but, you know, these are not really like high impact practices. They're, they're more just kind of, uh, you know, just some routine, uh, you know, passing on air and things like that. And, and uh, so, you know, nothing like too high intensity. Um, but uh, I think we'll, we'll, next week there's going to be a couple of practices that are going to be open. And I think as they start getting into the meat of preparations for the bowl game, we'll get a better idea that there's one, Positive piece of news today, uh, Jarian Jones, the defensive back, who uh, he's out of eligibility. He's going to the NFL, but he announced he's going to play in the Orange Bowl, and that's a good sign. I mean, he's a starting nickelback, uh, one of their better players on defense, and, you know, just one positive piece of information for FSU fans who've been starving for some. Yeah, and I, got, and I get the sense that, uh, look, a lot, everyone's going to have some opt-outs because they're ready for the, they get ready for the league, don't get hurt, I get it. But I, I get the sense that this floor – if, if this Florida State will have more players play in that game than a team in that situation normally would because there's a bit of a bond between these guys. I know there's a lot, awful lot of fifth-year seniors and fourth-year juniors on that team, but I got, I'll bet there's not a lot of opt-outs. What's your guess on that? I don't think there will be. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'll, 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 my initial inclination was to think probably not, that, that there would be a lot of opt-outs just because they were so devastated. Um, you know, I think there were players on the team, I know for a fact, there were players who wanted Florida State to, to, to not accept the bowl bid. Um, they were so upset about being left out. I mean, they were, they were convinced they were in. You know, that night after they beat Louisville, they didn't have one doubt. It wasn't like they had a question of whether they were getting in. They, they were convinced they were getting in. And so they were so devastated that some guys didn't even want to, they wanted the team to turn, to, to turn down the bowl game. Um, so I think at that point, you know, I thought it would be higher. Um, but you might be right. I mean, I think that that's definitely what the coaches are trying to, to use to kind of get the guys to rally together. You know, this is a new experience for Florida State because really the first couple of years that opt-outs really became a thing, Florida State wasn't even in bowls. And then last year when uh, they went to the uh, the bowl down in Tampa, or excuse me, in Orlando, the Cheez-It Bowl, the, the players were so excited about the possibility of getting to 10 wins pretty much everybody played, even guys who were going to the NFL. So this is the, if there are a lot of opt-outs, it'll be new for Florida State. Um, and, I, you know, I think they're, they're, the coaches are definitely sending the message. You're, 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 you're preaching, and, and we'll see if it pays off. And it certainly seems like Georgia is going to have its team. It, it doesn't seem like there's going to be opt-outs on, on Georgia's side, at least not that we're aware of yet. So, Ira, what would this do? I, I understand the tremendous disappointment but if Florida State is able to win the Orange Bowl and beat the two-time defending national champion Bulldogs, what does that do in terms of the fan base and an exclamation point and being able to say, look, we feel like we were the national champion? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the dream scenario for Florida State fans. And, 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 and again, that's one of those things I think the coaching staff, Michael Ravel, are, are trying to emphasize to the players. You have an opportunity here uh, to let – the college football world known that, you know, they don't get to define you that the CFP doesn't get to committee doesn't get to define you. You get to define you. And, and if you could do that, 
you could prove that you you know you were undefeated, you're unconquered. That's the Florida State people like to say, and so um, you know that's there. Uh, on the flip side, you know Georgia's a really good team, and I think Georgia to the point you just made. I think Georgia is probably. I mean, I get it that they probably were frustrated about not getting invited to. There's no question, but pretty much everybody on that roster has either won a national championship or knows they'll have a chance to win a national championship again next year. So I don't think they were quite as crushed as the Florida State guys, especially because they lost the game the night before. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit easier for, for Georgia to pick up the pieces. Now, whether or not they're highly motivated to play Florida State, we'll have to see. But, but yeah, it would be it would be a huge deal for Florida State fans uh, and, and these players if, if they could go out with, with one more win. Ivor Schofel with us from Morgent.com, part of the Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report, talking Florida State football. Right, let's look ahead a little bit. Uh, the good thing about having all those old players is 22-year-olds are generally better than 19-year-olds. That's one of the reasons they're so good. The bad thing is they leave. Uh, <laughs> as you look ahead, what will they're having an enormously good recruiting year, third or fourth in recruiting now. Um, he always works the portal very well. But I got a hunch it'll be a good team, but it'll look different. I know DJ Uyunglele, the former Clemson and Oregon State quarterback, visited. What's your guess? They bring in a portal guy to complete to compete with Brock Glenn and Tate Rodemaker, or do they bring in a portal guy to give him the job? Will they be active in the portal again? What's your expectations, Ira, as they move forward here? Yeah, they actually have uh, DJ is visiting this weekend, and then also uh, Cam Ward is already okay. visiting uh, from Washington State. So. Yep. He visited Miami last weekend. He's also or earlier this week, and now he's visiting Florida State. So they're definitely in the market for for a transfer quarterback. They they've already kind of looked at a couple other guys as well. So they're in the market for that. I think um, because they don't have a complete picture on Tate Rodemaker as whether or not he's ready, and I think it, it was pretty clear Brock Glenn is not ready right now. Right. I think they feel like they've got to do something and, and maybe get somebody who's a little bit more you know experienced, and so. Uh, that's what they're trying to do. I, you know, I don't think they would take somebody just to take somebody, but if they can get somebody who can make them, uh, you know, take them to uh, uh, becoming an ACC contender again because you've got a good quarterback and a good experienced quarterback, I think they'll do that. Um, they're going to go and they're going to obviously work in the portal again, but probably not as heavy as they have in the last few years. They've been in the 15 to 17 range uh, in terms of portal guys the last couple of years. I think this year is probably going to be closer to 10, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, they have recruited better the last couple of years. And then they've got, you know, a lot of guys who on the two deep who, who, who will be back next year. So the big question is going to be, you know, how does the offense look different uh, depending on who's a quarterback? And, and, you know, they, Mike Norvell, if you look at his, his history as a, as a play caller and as, a, as an offensive coach, the offense can change based on, uh, on who's the quarterback. So that, that's one thing to definitely watch. And then defensively, you know, they're going to have some big holes to fill. Obviously, Jared Verse is expected to go to the draft. He is not announced yet. You're going to lose your two starting linebackers. You're going to lose, uh, you know, a couple of guys in the in the, in the secondary uh, uh, corner, safety, and nickelback. So uh, it's going to look different, but, but they played a lot of depth this year, so it's not going to be like having to replace positions with guys who've never played before. Ira, in, in regards to Jordan Travis, I – do you get a sense of, of how his draft process will be able to go? What is there hope that perhaps he can be healed by a, a pro day to, to go through testing there? And, and just what was it like to cover him? Uh, just what a spectacular development in, in the years he was with the Seminoles. Yeah, really uh, kind of an amazing career when you think about it. You know, in, in his first couple of years at Florida State, 
uh, you know, he was kind of an afterthought completely. I mean, he couldn't even get on the field. And then, uh, then you started seeing him as a runner and you thought, okay, well then, and then there was a period there for about a year, year and a half where Florida state had to have him on the field, to have a chance to win just because of his athletic ability. But nobody ever knew he could become the quarterback he would become. And, and obviously we saw that this, this past year, maybe the past two years. And so, um, it's been a pretty cool, uh, transformation and he's, he's one of those guys kind of like, you know, Frank and think back to the days like, you know, obviously Danny Werfel and those sure, kinds of guys sure. that are not just, you know, the face of your program, but, but a great face for your program. Like everybody like likes them. They're just personable. They're good with people. Um, so he had that kind of impact on the fan base as well. As far as, um, you know, his prospects, you know, he, he has not talking, he has not spoken publicly about the extent of the injury. From my understanding, it's going to be one of those injuries where it's probably about a year before he can actually, um, you know, really do what he used to be able to do. And so if he gets drafted, I think it's going to be half, it's going to be a, from a case basis of, we believe, you know, if we invest this time in you, that you're going to get back to full, full strength and full speed. Um, but, it, but I don't think he's going to be able to do anything um, in, in terms of any kind of pre-workout, pre, pre-draft workouts or anything like that. It's going to be based on what he did in college and the prospects of him coming to a full uh, recovery. Our final thing here. Um, they are really good. Thirteen and zero. Uh, are they built now? Is this? Is this? I mean, again, the the ACC resistance isn't as tough as some other leagues, obviously. And I think he's a really good coach. Uh, are is FSU back? Like, like, are they back to where nine wins would be a disappointing season? Like once upon a time, is that where they are? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know that they're back to that level yet. I mean, I get. I think the fans want them to be there. Um, I think that there's a. There's a lot of fans who are like, okay, we're here now. We don't want to go back. So whatever right. we got to do in the transfer portal, let's make it happen. Uh, but the reality is, I mean, you know, it, it, I think they're in a situation where if they don't get the right guy at quarterback, um, you know, you could see it slipping back to eight or nine wins. Uh, I think they're past the point of having those disastrous teams. I don't think you're going to – I don't think Florida State's in a position in the next couple of years where you got to worry about getting to a bowl game or – or getting embarrassed in games and things like that. Um, but, you know, in this this sport, so much of it comes down to quarterback. And Florida State, the last two years, they won 23 games. Well, they had Jordan Travis at quarterback. Well, without him, if they don't get the right quarterback, you know, you could be back to, to fighting to, to get to eight or nine wins. So um, I think that's going to be a big deal. And, I, and so this is a huge week for them. Uh, if they could get Cam Ward or even DJ Uyungle, who – you know, had kind of a up and down time at, at Clemson, but I think he had a really nice year last year, at Washington State, or excuse me, at Oregon State. And I think either one of those guys, I think, could get you back into at least contention in the ACC. Irish Ophel checking in from WarChant.com, the Woolsey Morecambe National College Football Report. Ira, great work as all, man. We appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Irish Ophel checking in from WarChant.com. You ready to do some picks? Let's do it. Are you are you bored with the picks yet? No. Are you bored with the rest of us, just trying to keep up with your lofty uh, expectations, no, aspirations. Uh, are you bored? No, you bored I, it's, it's a challenge competing against you all. It's yeah. it's an honor and a privilege. Yeah. I yeah. do not take it lightly, and yeah. uh, we we keep our foot on the gas at yeah. all times. So you guys are dangerous, and, we are. and you're capable of a ten point week at any moment. Yeah, and I appreciate that, Vince Dooley. The uh, there's no question <laughs> about that. I will tell you this: the best part was. It just um, 
about three weeks ago how badly I was taunting Brooks because I was four or five picks ahead of her and she was just dead ass. You really in, were. Just dead ass in the cellar. You enjoyed every second of every it. Every second until I looked up and blinked and now I'm like five behind her. I don't know. Was I, was I here? You're only three here? behind was me. Was I here for all that? I don't Sorry. know. So there's that. Uh, we'll take a break. Our picks are next, so stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now, the Otterson Wealth Advisors Risk Reward Picks of the Week. Otterson Wealth Advisors, your goals, our expertise. RJ? Live from Madison, Wisconsin. The Scarlet Knights. Got <laughs> locked in there, you know. Yeah, it's kind of my, it's kind of my road team. Picked up on that or not? I'd like to uh, have UCLA in there next time. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot that. Okay, we have time. Yeah, we're about to talk about it, UCLA. Yeah, we Excited. certainly are. The uh, maybe talk about might be too strong. <laughs> the uh, yeah, breaking this through. thing down from every <laughs> angle. <laughs> Believe me, that's why we get them out early. I look, there's right. one thing I've learned. you got to be able to talk about them. Um, our records look like this. Hayes Carline well ahead. Uh, 58-32, and 32, 73 total points. R.J. Saunders from uh, Los Angeles Southside High School. He played for the Monarchs there, 53-37, and 37, uh, 65 total points. Lauren Brooks roared past me, 47-43, 58 total points. I'm at 44-46, 55 total points. Last week I put up my second straight 1-5. I was proud of that. Hayes five and one six points. Lauren four and two four points. RJ three and three four points. I was one and five with one point. Finally, the money balls. Hayes leads that too. Gosh, he leads everything. Ten and five. RJ's nine and six. I'm eight and seven. Lauren seven and eight. Boy, we're all one apart. Game picker uppers. Hayes and Lauren have five. RJ and I have three. That's how it looks. Let's get right to it. I guess I gotta go. Oh no, Hayes goes first. I gotta go next. Hayes. UCLA and Boise in a bowl game or whatever they play. Yeah, I don't don't <laughs> ask me the name of this bowl. Okay. I believe it's Saturday. Yeah. Um, and so all uh, the bowl games this weekend are Saturday. Okay, okay. all that right. So uh, I'm a lot gonna of football go, to watch on Saturday. Uh, Boise State's obviously been uh, you know the subject of some miraculous bowl victories before, but I am going to go with UCLA. I just trust them a little bit more in this match. I'm going to take UCLA too because. Listen, I think Aikman gets hot here, okay? <laughs> I guess. Uh, Lauren Brooks. Uh, since both of y'all went UCLA, I'll go the other way because of the fact that I did see Chip Kelly has yet to win a bowl game at UCLA. Man. So there's your insight. RJ, <laughs> <laughs> RJ Saunders. Game picker up for, for Lauren. All right. Oh, now I actually have to of watch course, this Of course. Game. He's from fucking Los Angeles. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, of course. That's right. Uh, Cal, Texas Tech, Hayes Carlisle. I think Texas Tech is going to be inspired by the addition of Caleb Douglas in the portal this week. <laughs> so give me Texas Tech. Okay. I've thought about this a great deal. <laughs> I'm going to go Cal because my friend Roxy Bernstein went there. RJ. Give me the Cali boys. Of course. Both Lauren California Brooks. teams. I'm going to go Texas Tech so he does not get a game picker upper. And because I believe in the Red Raiders. There you go. All right, RJ. Switch this thing over, will you? The National Football League. The Bengals are at home against the Vikings. Hayes Carlisle. I'm going to go with Cincinnati here to stay hot. They're offensive weapons, and I think they're physical defensively from seeing them a couple weeks ago. So 
Uh, I think the Vikings are sort of going through a little bit of a, of a lull, so I'll take Cincinnati here. Lauren Brooks? Unfortunately, I'm going to come with him. Uh, only, unfortunately, for the picks. But, yeah, I think Nick Mullins is not better than Josh Dobbs, and that's who the Vikings are going to start. Jake Browning, meanwhile, is a, so far a pretty good quarterback. We'll go with the Bengals as well. I'm taking the Bengals, too. RJ, you're trying to catch Hayes. This is an opportunity. I'm going to stay close. Give me the Bengals. Oh, I, I got this planned yeah. out. I got this <laughs> planned <laughs> out. RJ, you know how this works, don't you? The I guy with the most know points how this wins. Works. Okay. Right now, okay. let me tell you something, Frank. Right now, it is Hayes and I playing a game of Battleship. He I, says B3. Okay. I say Miss G6. He says I sunk his Battleship. Okay. That's, that's what we're doing right now. I like it. I like it very much. Uh, the Titans play host of the Texans. Uh, Davis Mills versus... Will Levis, Ace Carline. I mean, I, I really like the Titans here in this matchup. I just think C.J. Stroud is the Texans. Tank Dell is the Texans. They're obviously, well, Dell we know is out. Stroud very unlikely to play. I think they're listening him as doubtful. That's correct. So I will take Tennessee here. RJ. Tennessee. Lauren. I will also take Tennessee. I, Nico Collins is also out. I just don't know what the Texans are going to do on offense. You going for it? Well, what I, I should have known he's noticed enough, but I've kind of been last. <laughs> so why not? I think Tennessee's going to win, but why not? I'll take the Texans. That's my game picker-upper. There we go. Hayes Carline, Bills at home against the Cowboys. Yeah, great game. Probably the most intriguing game of this uh, week's slate. I'm going to take the Bills here to stay hot at home. I'm curious to see how the Cowboys will handle what should be bad weather. Right, well, i got to go the other way then. I'll take the Cowboys. Lauren Brooks? Ooh. Take I've the been... Bills. Take the Bills. Okay. <laughs> I, I've, I've been leaning Cowboys in this one, but I'll, I'll take the Bills. You. Take whoever you want. I was no, I'll, with I'll, you. Take the, I was, I'll take the Bills. I was joking with you. No, you're good. Uh, RJ. Oh, fine. Give me the stars. Give me the oh. Cowboys. Well, well, dang it. If I'd have known that, I'd have let Lauren take him for crying out loud. <laughs> and finally, the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hayes Carline, he hails from the bowl school. Yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens here by eight. I just think that the Jaguars are – it's not a great matchup. I think the Ravens are incredibly physical, and that's going to give Jacksonville a lot of issues. So, I like Baltimore, unfortunately. RJ. Uh, give me Baltimore. Or I'm just going to tell you, I'm taking Baltimore. I always go last on the Jags. I'm going to take Baltimore, so you have an opportunity. Oh, I'm 100 – you knew I was taking the Jaguars. There you go. There's a game picker up for opportunity for Lauren Brooks. I'll go Ravens. So, there's our, our picks. Um, UCLA-Boise. Um, Lauren's got the uh, game picker upper. I want to say I want. I always like to look back at some old guy who's played there years ago, but I don't know any for Boise. Okay, <laughs> Kellen Moore. Kellen right. Moore gets yeah, loose. Ian Johnson. One. Yeah, they're gonna get loose here. What's sad is I think of Hank Bachmeyer yeah, for Boise State, well, who Hank, is transferred to I think his third school. Yeah, he's playing. He's actually in his 14th year of college football. <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer. Remember, remember the game he played against FSU? Like yeah. the freshman, yes, that, it was. That's how we know wasn't him. that here? Yeah, it was here. That's it was what here. I thought. Right. Yeah, it was here. Uh, by the way, 7:30 tomorrow night will be UCLA taking on oh, Boise State. Like I'm not locked. So in. I know there's NFL on, but make sure y'all watch. Okay, I'm going to the party at Lenny's house. Lenny, please have that game on. Uh, uh, Bring your raincoat. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, Cal and Texas Tech, we split right down the middle. Uh, the uh, two California kids, RJ and me, like uh, Cal, uh, Lauren and Hayes like Texas Tech. Not until 9.15 tomorrow night, everyone. Okay. Uh, hey, Lenny, make sure you have that game on, okay? So, <laughs> going to Lenny's party. Um, Bengals and Vikings, Bengals across the board. Titans and Texans, you guys all took the Titans. They're probably going to win, but what the hell, I took the Texans. You never uh, know in this league. Cowboys and Bills right down the middle. 
Arden, I like the Cowboys. Lauren and Hayes like the Bills. And Ravens and Jags, game picker upper opportunity for Lauren. The rest of us have the Ravens. Those are our picks. One more time, I will tell you that Hayes Carline might go wire to wire here. 73 total points. That, by the way, is a very big lead in this thing. Um, RJ, 65 total points. Lauren's got 50, 58. And I'm the bottom feeder. I've got uh, 55 total points. Those are our points. Um, Hayes and RJ have two games that are different. Okay, two picks that, that are different. Okay, hang on. Texas Tech, Cal, and Cowboys, Bills. So there you, so there you go. So um, hang on, I gotta find something for you. In t- 2020, I don't have the, I don't have 22 here because Lauren won. Uh, but in 2020, <laughs> just being honest, okay, the 2020, I won. I, I I won like five in a row. By the way, that was one of them. I had 79 total points. So the total points at one was 79. And you, all three, of you guys, Gibby, who was producing the show, Lauren, Gibby, you guys all tied at 68. Remember that? So all three tied for second. Oh yeah. And um, and I had seventy nine total points. The key was thirteen and two in the money ball. Just thought y'all should know that. Um, in two thousand twenty one, I also won seventy seven total points. Beat you by two. Mm. So seventy seven, seventy five, seventy, and sixty seven. Also won money balls. I guess whoever won money balls wins. So seventy five, seventy seven, seventy five. Give you seventy, Lauren. You were the bottom feeder with sixty seven. And I don't have like you have last. I years? have last year's. Okay, good. So I found it. Okay. Uh, so I won at seventy eight points. Gibby had 65 points. That was the lowest. Uh, so it was me and then Hayes at, with 76 and then Frank 68 and then Gibby 65. So Hayes finished just two points behind me. It was really, really close down the stretch, really close down the stretch. The, and the, uh, the point, that, the point the reason I bring that up is the winner is in the 70s, okay? Mm-hmm. And Hayes is already in the Correct. 70s. Hey, Hayes, you're already at 73, and I think we go through the end of the regular season, right? So, so you're already, I mean, you, may, you may win the points title ever. You may set the most points of all time. I mean, and that's that got to be very exciting for you. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll retire. I mean, absolutely. That's what this whole career has been uh, about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the two games last year that we differed on in the final stretch, uh, I had the Steelers, you had the Browns, Hayes, and then I had the Dolphins, you had the Jets, and those were the two. The Steelers won and the Dolphins won, but it literally came down to the final week, which is way more exciting than this. <laughs> this, is our, this is like the 14th year we've done this on the show. It's the seventh year we've all done it together. And right. you've won out of 14, 13? Uh, uh, yeah. No, Blue, Blue, Blue won some. <laughs> okay. Blue and I split it up. In, in our group, I won the first five. Lauren won last year. Looks like Hayes is going to win this year. So, RJ, the, the bar is set for you next year, bro, just so you know. Unless you catch him this year. RJ, yeah. so wait a minute. What if I catch him this year, right? So, there's, there certainly is that. We'll take a break. One hour to go in the program. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football. Football at 5. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. When is it? Is it in Orlando? What? Orlando. March? March? I think it's in June. I think it's like June, June 1st June. or something like that. You'll love that. You'll be digging that, won't you? Yeah, I'll look forward to it. I mean, I, I'm curious, having just seen them in the last few years, if I can tell any sort of decline, yeah. you know, uh, in in Mick and, and Keith. Uh, because I was – the show here was far above my expectations for how much fun it was yeah, and yeah. the energy they had. It's a great show. Yeah. And, you took your uh, mom. That's right. I remember meeting him. Yep. That was yep. really cool. That's right. And 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, you know, I just, uh, you know, I hope that, I hope they make it to the show and, uh, you know, but yeah, it's in a, it, it, if they're how they were in Jacksonville, it'll be fantastic. The, the, the line in the in Bama, what's it called? Bama Breeze? What's, what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the bar? Bama Breeze. The, the line about Jagger. Mm-hmm. Ni- 1984, Jagger came through, uh, left his name, uh, signed his name in the, in the women's bathroom stall. <laughs> do, do you know the song? No. It's, 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 it's a, a Buffett song. It's a Buffett song. It's a fantastic song. It talks about, it's about a little bar in Alabama that, Everybody goes to, and so it's, it's, it's a great In 1984, song. Mick Jagger passed through town, bought the house around, and signed his name on the wall in the ladies' bathroom stall. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a great song, it's, it, and it's, it's really, it's a, that's, a, that's a funny part of it. So Lauren and I were talking about that song the other day. Um, um, all right, we got ball on Sunday night. Here are the first coast. The all-teal unis. Um, Lamar Jackson and company come to town. Uh, the best defense in the league, the best rushing team in the league, uh, one of the most well-coached teams in the league. How do you beat them? How, it's our last show before that game. Uh, how, how, how do you beat them? I think Trevor has to be a star. Uh, Ridley and, and Zay Jones and Ingram have to have huge nights. You know, I thought Doug Peterson today was very blunt in his assessment. You know, they've got to eliminate the BS, the operational issues, the self-inflicted wounds. Like, that needs to go away. And and it seems like it's been an issue all year. Like, you know, Doug's talked about the practices aren't clean. It just seems like they just, for whatever reason, haven't been able to find that focus. You know, in talking to uh, Zay Jones earlier today, you know, he said, I've seen it this week. I've seen more of a focus in, in, in players' eyes. Hopefully that translates because that's what it's going to take. I mean, they're going to have to, I think, score in the high 20s to win the game. And I don't think they're going to be able to run it. So that's going to put a lot on the passing game. And then I think defensively, you just, you've been good at getting takeaways, you know, force at least two uh, and, you know, make Lamar Jackson beat you with his arm, which is sort of what every team says every week. And uh, he's been able to do it so far this year. Um, Again, they're number one in in yards per play offensively. So uh, it's, it's a massive challenge, but look, it, it's it's not an impossible task. They're, you know, three, three-and-a-half-point underdog. I mean, I think it'll be competitive. I just think the Ravens have too much, uh, and I think the way they're playing, the physicality that they play with, I think they're able to come in. They probably score late to make it look worse than what it probably was, but I see it being like 28-20, that kind of a game. I think Parker Washington is actually key for this game because in the Ravens games where the other team scores a bunch, it's because the slot receiver plays really well. And I understand he's a rookie, but this is now his third game being involved, heavily involved. And so I think Trevor now knows his go-to guys. And the other key to me, Frank, is play play loose and free and easy. When the 49ers came in here, I remember watching a video of them in the tunnel before they came out. And I went in the press box, I went, "Uh uh-oh, they look like – even though they'd lost three games in a row, they looked like no big deal. This is about to be a fun football game. When the Bengals were here on Monday night, they seemed like no no big deal. We can beat this team. And they played loose and free and easy. And that's what I think the Jaguars have to get back to. No, There's no pressure on the Jaguars in this game necessarily. There's way more pressure on the Ravens to keep that number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, you're right. I think what's what's significant about this is, number one, you're, everything you said right. Be loose and free. Let me, get to, let me start with your Parker Washington take. I think he'll start the game as the slot. But I'll bet they do. Uh, you know what? I'll bet you they do. 
I'll bet you see Zay Jones in that slot a lot. I'll bet you see with Jamal Agnew now back, I'll bet you see more of Agnew out wide. I Ag- like that. Agnew and Ridley out wide. I'll bet you. Now, now he, he may not know the full playbook, but I'll bet you see Agnew and Ridley out wide some and Zay Jones in the slot. I, I think even though Parker Washington will start the game in a slot, I'll bet you see – I, I got a hunch you're going to see something like that. We'll see. I think that could be a big day for Zay then. Yeah, it could be. And I think uh, you got to run the ball. You, you, they, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little more Tank Bigsby. Um, the other two guys are beat up. This is a physical game. He's played enough now that in pass pro he's a little better. Hadn't been before. Um, he, he, ball security is a thing. But, he'll, he, but I'll bet you – Look, I already told you, look for a little bit of Antonio Johnson, maybe more than you've seen so far. Uh, I'd look for a little bit of Tank, you know. I look for a little Zay in the slot. I think there's some things that I think might you might see uh, that I think could 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 affect him positively. Have to get off to a good start. You can't keep playing uphill. You have to get off to a good start in this. No matter what else, you got to get off to a good start in this game. You got to run it some, and then Hayes hit it. You got somehow, some way, make him beat you as a passer. Look, he's he, he he's a seventy. He's a sixty-seven percent passer now, so he's gotten way better. There, but he doesn't have Mark Andrews, who was his security blanket. Um, Likely's good. You brought him up earlier. Isaiah Likely's a good player, but he's not Mark Andrews. And listen, everything goes through Flowers. He is so fast. Here's what you don't want: Flowers running by your guys. Remember Deshaun Jackson running right by him last year? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right by him. The, the, that left to right play from where I am mm-hmm. went right by him. I, I can remember like it was yesterday, and, and we're thinking, "What are you doing?" So uh, stay back. Um, I'll be interested to see how 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 Dewey plays. Dewey's a pretty good player. Dewey's probably a better player than he gets credit for being. If they don't, they, Cisco's down, right? Did they announce he's out? That's correct. He's out. So Cisco's out. So Dewey's going to start the game. And I'll be very interested to see. One thing about Dewey is you're not going to throw it over the top. Dewey plays deep. He plays a deep center field, as they say. So, so I, I, think, I think Dewey's back far enough. What you can't do is let the, let the Ravens get cheap ones. If the Ravens get cheap ones, Hayes, with everything else they're good at, that's a problem. You can't give them one. You can't fumble one on your own 11-yard line. You can't blow a coverage and they hit an 80-yard bomb. You got to – you can't – when the other guy's got the better team and they might, you can't give them the easy one. Well, and I fear the easy one could come from a strip sack on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Matt BK has 11 sacks, which is incredible for a defensive tackle. Uh, now, I don't think he's some Aaron Donald freak. I think it's basically that they're so disruptive as a unit that – he's benefited from that. He's a good player. He's having an unbelievable year, but I Clowney is so active and Van Noy and, and their linebackers are incredible. So I, to me, that's my fear is that they're not going to be able to block Baltimore and protect Trevor. I, they're not going to be able to run it, which is going to create a lot of bad down and distance. The Ravens are going to know that it's third and eight and Trevor's throwing it and they're going to go get him and, uh, and get the ball out and, you know, there goes, you know, Patrick Queen for a, a fumble recovery touchdown. Those are the things that I'm really concerned about for the Jaguars in this game because of how well Baltimore utilizes the totality of its pass rush to get after the quarterback. And that all scares me because I still think Trevor's dealing with injuries, even though he has been able to practice fully. That doesn't mean, though, that he isn't aching and sore and all those kinds of things. So it always scares me to have not just your quarterback getting attacked, but especially a quarterback on a little yeah. bit of a sore ankle, maybe even still a sore knee back there. I will say this. The Jags are due to play a very good, clean game. They're, they're, they're up now. 
They're they're due to play one of those really clean, tight games. And I think they will be motivated. I think that crowd will be electric. I don't care if it rains or not. I I don't I, think it'll rain by the time we get to the yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's it would be it'll cool off a little, which is fine. But I I, I think it's going to be. I think the Jags play well in the game. I I really do. I'm not going to. I, I picked the Ravens to win. I think the Ravens are going to win the game. But I think the Jags will play very well. So we'll see what happens. Right, let's take a break. When we come back, a couple things to get to. Uh, the Tyler Glass now deal. We also watched some Gator basketball last night. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Okay, I know it's a country dude, but I have no idea who it is. It's Florida Georgia Line. This is? Yeah. I don't know this one. Oh, you don't? Florida, I like Florida Georgia Line, but I only know the two songs. Oh, okay. This is a good one. Well, now I know it. Okay. I know this one. I thought you did. Very nice. I like it. Okay. They got to get back together. Good. I like Tyler Hubbard's yeah. uh, solo stuff. I don't like Brian Kelly's stuff. I like Tyler Hubbard. Which Maybe is, because he's more of the lead singer. That's why I like Florida, it. Which one's Florida? Which one's Georgia? Uh, I think Brian Kelly's Florida and Tyler Hubbard's Georgia. Okay. I'm pretty sure. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. The, the, Nobody else will know anyway. They're for the first song, Cruise. Yeah. That was uh, that was a massive hit. Yeah, a massive hit. Yeah. So the uh, so there you go. All right. All right. Let's um. Did you watch the Gator basketball last night, Carlin? What'd you think? I did. I it, it's uh, it's a work in progress. Um, I will give them this, and I'm. I don't know, for some reason encouraged by this performance because they uh, were dreadful, yet still won by five. <laughs> so Riley Kugel, who I think has a ton of ability, gives you two points and four turnovers. You then, as a team, shoot five of 20 from three-point land. But you make up for that by going 15 of 28 from the foul line. <laughs> That's good for 53.6%. Nice job, fellas. <laughs> You have 18 turnovers, mm-hmm. and you win by five against a Division One opponent uh, on a neutral court. So, I, 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 I mean, honestly, they rebounded great, and and that's what's giving me hope is that they've it's the best rebounding team Florida's had. Yep. in eight years, um, they were plus 19 last night. So that just absolves so many issues, but. They're just they're they're so inconsistent, and you can't have your best players just disappear. I mean, Riley Kugel is too good of a player to ever score two points and commit four turnovers, and that be his contribution to the night. Uh, they shot it woefully. They were sloppy with the ball, but the fact that they won a game like that to me speaks to there's something here. I mean, because this was basically an F game. And they still found a way to hold off at the end. And it looked like it was getting dicey. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a Florida choke job. And, you know, Samuel was able to get the big rebound at the end. So yeah, that was huge. I'm actually kind of encouraged because it was about as dreadful a game as you could play. And they still won the game. So uh, the potential is there for them to, to, for this to be a special team for recent Florida standards. But uh, but obviously they've got a lot to work on. I like the fans who tweet at Chris Harry. They need to work on their free throw shooting. 
as if they don't work on free throw shooting in practice every single day. Some teams just aren't good at it. That's the bottom line. And hopefully that's not going to be something that prevents them from making the tournament. But right now, that is certainly an issue. I think, Frank, offensively is where, yes, they're great at rebounding and and they beat the Pirates 20-4 to fast break-wise. But they offensively don't seem to like spread out properly and they don't seem to have a rhythm of who gets the ball when. That's the they dribble into traffic constantly. Yeah, spacing is a thing. Yeah, but they 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 go too fast. Right. But they you're right. There's not that that crisp ball movement some teams have. The mm-hmm. extra pass, the guys wide open. And maybe boom, that's because they are all brand new at that school. It. The other thing is they don't. Have, they they have a bunch of guys. I told you guys this during one of the breaks. They have a bunch of guys, not a bunch, but a few guys that can go for twenty eight to thirty any night. Uh, Clayton could do that. Kugel could do that. But what they don't have is. The one guy that's going to go to six, go for sixteen to eighteen every night. You what you want is a seventeen or eighteen point score, then you want a fourteen point score, and then you want other guys who can. That's what you want. And I thought Clayton would be that. Guy. When Clayton's right, I mean, did you watch the start of the game? I did. I watched the, it all at the beginning of the game. He had twenty points. Yeah, but yeah, but he couldn't miss. Yeah, he couldn't miss. You know what? Pullen's not as good. I thought Pullen. The first time I saw him play, I said, "Man, this guy's a big physical point guard. He's everything they need." He's a good player. Can't score. Can't shoot. Yeah. I thought he'd be a better shooter. Than Slight him. issue. Yeah, yeah, what's that? Slight issue that yeah, he can't, yeah, can't shoot. Can't, yeah, can't shoot. So, uh, so, so we'll see. But again, they should have, if they find their identity, they should be able to work around the fact that he's more of a distributor than a scorer. Because Clayton can score. Kugel can score. They can score from the inside. They can score off the offensive glass. Uh, so a lot of that stuff, like, I, again, I, you know, is, I, I think they've got something in Condon. Uh, Samuel, I think, while he's dreadful at the foul line, uh, he he certainly brings a physical presence. Uh, Han Logden is is a good good rebounder, good interior defender. I uh, he missed a couple just point blank looks last night in the first half. I uh, so I don't know how much of of a score he's going to provide, but. They've got the genesis. Uh, if everybody can settle into the role, they've got everything that you need to be a quality team. And, and again, I'm not talking Final Four. I'm talking about a quality team for Florida Gator standards, a team that should easily make the tournament and with the right breaks could get to the second weekend, you know, that kind of a team. It's in there. It's just a question of when are they going to find it? I I will say their next game is against Michigan, but that's not much of a test. Not They're five year. and five. Yeah, yeah not Michigan's year. not ranked, uh, and that game's in Charlotte. It's not like it's right. at Michigan for the yeah. Jumpman Invitational. Yeah, the uh, so I will I will tell you too. It's um, you know, FSU's struggling too. They've lost three in a row. They're four and four now. Um, it's going to be very interesting college basketball around here. For the we got a little we got a little haughty college basketball haughty because when Billy. Billy took him to one championship and a bunch of Final Fours and was beating everybody. And then not long after that, Leonard Hamilton really got it kind of turned around at FSU. Didn't have Billy's success, but had some success. I wonder if we're back to being just mediocre. You know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I mean, Miami I'm, was good last year as Miami far as Sunshine Final State, but good now yeah. not. FAU. Yeah, that's right, FAU. Oh, the owls. <laughs> yeah, don't forget owl, about them. The owl sightings. So. Yeah, but you're right. The up in in this part of the state, it's it's been lean the last couple of years. I I do think. I think Florida's got a good team now, and I think he's a good coach. So I, my expectation is that Florida will continue to get better. Now it's a very difficult league. I'm not suggesting they're gonna, you know, go 
14 and three in the SEC or anything, but I mean, I, I think that I think they can find their way to 11 wins in conference. And again, be a team that on selection Sunday, you're not worried about are they going to make it. Your worry might be are they in the eight nine where you're staring at the number one overall seed uh, for your second game if you get by it, or do you maybe catch a break because you're in the in the seven ten game and you're looking at a two seed like that's where I think they're gonna end up. Uh, but I, I mean, I think potentially look if if you can rebound. It, we saw it last night. Yeah. It will cover yeah. a lot of sins on the basketball court if you own the glass. And they have been fantastic at that. They're deep. Uh, you know, now, again, a lot of their struggles were was when they didn't have uh, Han Logden out there. So I, I think in looking at it, there's something there. But certainly last night, a lot of, a lot of bad on the court. But uh, because of their rebounding prowess, they were able to get the win. The seven and three. If they beat Michigan, who's just okay, Michigan, Grambling, and Quinnipiac. 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 That's going to be a tough game. Oh, there's no question. Um, <laughs> that would take him to uh, ten and three when they start the league, which would be good. Assuming they beat Michigan now, but the, have you seen? Then the, they've got Kentucky, Ole Miss, Arkansas, I'm, Tennessee. I was going to read them out: Kentucky okay. at home, at Ole when, Miss, when. Arkansas at home. When? <laughs> at Tennessee. When? <laughs> and at Missouri. Well, Miss, by the way, is 9-0. Yeah. Well, Miss hasn't lost a yeah. game. But I don't think they've played anybody yeah. yet, though, right? Didn't he, like, really create a real soft schedule? Chris he Beard, because it's have. his first year at yeah. Ole Miss. And I think – so I, I that's one yeah. that but I'm not sure that, Kentucky, that, that that's a great team. Yeah, Kentucky's 14. Then you're at Ole Miss. Arkansas was ranked to start the season, but they're not now. Then you're at number twelve Tennessee, and then you're at Missouri. The first five are hard. So I mean, the first the first five. Then after that is Mississippi State at home, Georgia at home, uh, Auburn uh, at Texas A&M, Auburn. So we'll see. But I, but I've said this before. In the blink of an eye, the SEC went from a very bad basketball conference, not even relevant, to suddenly a really good basketball. I mean, overnight. It really is amazing. And now and now because Chris Beard is there, and Rick Barnes is there, and Bruce Pearl is there, and and, and on and on, Nate Oates is there. All of a sudden, Cal's still there. They have really good coaches. All of a sudden, it's a league with really, really good basketball coaches, and, and, and because of that, it's a pretty good league. So we'll see. we'll see. I think they looked up and realized the revenue that you can get from the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Well, they did. And they, they were like, wait a minute. We have resources. I know we're pouring a bunch into football, but we have enough resources to pour them into men's basketball. Also, let's get this show on the road. In Lenardi's latest bracketology – Nine SEC teams in the mm. field. Florida, one of them. Yes, I mean, because I, the, the other thing about that, the Big is, Twelve also has nine. Then the Big Ten has six. The Big East has six. ACC five. Pac twelve four. So it's arguably, it's it's the Big Twelve is probably the best league, but the SEC can make a case. It's absolutely without question the second best league in the country. Yeah, the point you had made. Um, I mean, they've got they've got more and more uh, good players because the point you made a minute ago, Lauren, that they've got you want that NCAA tournament money. Didn't they even bring in Mike Trangisi to be a consultant? Remember that? I, yeah, I mean, Trang, I, I who was the Big East commissioner for all those right. years? It was how do we get how do we right. get better? And right. it was started with the schedule because very few of the teams really scheduled anyone of consequence, which always hurt on Selection Sunday. And and they've taken the money that they yeah, make from right. the crazy football money TV deals, and they've invested it in men's basketball. 
Yeah, Trangizi was named as advisor to Commissioner Greg Sinke back in 2016. Yeah, just for the purpose of making basketball better. I mean, he, he was I – mean, Well, the, I would say he's worth his yeah, salary. I mean, I mean he's, he <laughs> invented basketball. I mean, he's the guy that – he built the Big East. I mean, he was the guy that, that built the Big East. Lenardi has Florida, by the way, as the nine seed in Salt Lake City going up against eight-seeded Texas with the winner in all likelihood getting number one seed, Arizona. I wonder, What I wonder is – I mean, how how will how will they line up against this? How how will Florida line up against this SEC schedule? I mean, there's some good teams in the SEC, so I mean, I think that's a that's a big part. Well, of the it. the plus side, I guess, Frank, to your point earlier about the schedule, is you'll know fairly early on, like within the first five games, well, how Florida's going to match up. I would think in those first five games, get out of them two and three, and you're okay, right? Yeah, I would think so. I, I, I mean, would, I'm, I'm I would look- think you get out of that thing two and three, I feel pretty good. So I'm looking at the other teams. So Auburn's a five. Mississippi State's a 10. This is in Lenardi's yeah. bracketology, so take it for what it's worth, but just a projection. Um, A&M is a 7 seed. Uh, Ole Miss is a 9 seed. Alabama is a 5 seed. Tennessee is a 3 seed. South Carolina is a 10 seed. It's amazing all the teams that are in here from the SEC. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even mentioned Kentucky. He's got them as a 6 seed. So that's, that's got to be nine. Kentucky. Yeah. So yeah. Ten- Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky are a little better than the rest of them are kind of lumped together. And Alabama say? pretty good too, even though they're not ranked currently in the top yeah. twenty-five. Yeah, he's got Bama fifth. Okay, yeah. so so I said so Tennessee, Alabama, or is Auburn. Auburn? So Tennessee, Alabama, a, Auburn, Kentucky five. are all are all yeah. The, that's the elite of the league. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, Lauren wraps the show with news and notes, including a Tampa Bay Ray pitcher headed to the left coast. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. You know, well, I'm a chicken fried. A cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio That's right, Chicken Fried is playing. That means the weekend is almost here. We're going to talk a little baseball, but first, when R.J. Saunders has a Jaguars injury report for you. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We begin with the Jags for Jacksonville. Two players have been listed as out for this Sunday's matchup against Baltimore. Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco will be sidelined for this contest. Campbell with a quad injury and Sisco is sidelined with a growing injury. A lot of questionable guys for Jacksonville this weekend. Christian Braswell, Jamal Agnew, Ezra Cleveland, Trey Herndon, Walker Little, Ross Matisik, and Britton Strange are all listed as questionable for this week's contest. For the Ravens, Kyle Hamilton and Malik Ham are both questionable for this Sunday's contest against Jacksonville. Hamilton with a knee injury and Ham is dealing with an ankle injury. And that is your fair and fair injury update. Well done. Uh, by the way, any concern about Ross, the long snapper, Matisic? Matisic? However I, I you think say because it's Matisic. <laughs> I yeah, had it right be, the first time. Because it happened in, in practice late in the week. Yeah, it's a concern and it was an injury that, that I don't know if it's the same injury, but he had a back injury earlier in the year. So it's a concern. You know, we'll watch Saturday if you 
I obviously see any transaction involving a long snapper. Mm -hmm. We'll know it doesn't look great, but hopefully it's precautionary and and he'll be out there on on Sunday because he's one of the best in the league at at long snapping. Yeah, it certainly is. All right, Frank, when it comes to the Dodgers, they were not done after getting Shohei Otani. They also acquired Tyler Glass, now a pitcher for the Rays, as well as Manuel Margot, an outfielder. And in return, the Rays get a young starter, Ryan Pipio, and then also an outfielder, Johnny DeLuca. Uh, From everything that I read, it seemed like both sides, quote-unquote, won the trade, so they had positive things to say about both sides. But in the end, Tyler Glasnow, who could have been one of the faces of the Rays, franchise no longer there. Yeah, and both sides did not win the trade. The Dodgers won the trade because they got more money than everybody else. They would have won the trade no matter who they – I mean, the Dodgers got Tyler Glasnow. They they won the trade. That's the – and when I look at the Dodgers roster, I mean, they are going to be – the, the the Dodgers are going to be not unbeatable, but they're going to win a bunch of games, man. I mean, they got they got Mookie Betts. I mean, they've got they got um, Shohei Otani. They got Freddie Freeman. They got Gavin Lux. They got Max Muncy. All he does is hit home runs, right? They got Chris Taylor. He's been there a hundred years. If they can pitch, and that's why they had to go get this deal. I just look. It's great for baseball. It's great for ratings. Hayes, we talked about this. Dodgers and Yankees, but it just seems. The Rays are just such a, golly, such a good franchise. But this, of all the giveaways, this is the this is the one that sticks out to me the most. Longoria was old. Tommy Pham's a bad guy. Blake uh, Snell. Blake now Blake, but Blake Snell's kind of a punk. He was, you know? but I mean, if he's you're a great pitcher. Concer- yeah, if you're but concerned this guy, about pitching, this, this, I know Glassnell's a great guy because I followed him during yeah. all, when he was coming up through the Pittsburgh uh, farm system. Um, so, 135 million for Glassnell. Yeah, by yeah, the way. yeah, good for him by the way. Yeah, and he's had a Tommy John, so. So obviously, good for him. Yeah. How many wins this. for the Dodgers next year if everybody <laughs> stays healthy? Honestly, uh, I mean, if everybody stays healthy, 107, 108, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, the I mean, Orioles I mean, won what 104 this year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they yeah. should the go over that. Dodgers won 100. Yeah. 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 Maybe it was the Braves that won 104. Yeah, the Braves were yeah. probably about 104. I mean, 107, I mean, 100. That's a lot of wins, man. I mean, that is a, that is a gigantic season. I mean, that's 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 50. The Orioles had 101. Yeah, that's fifteen and two in the in the NFL. So yeah. uh, Braves had one hundred and four. So yeah. I mean, but the Braves obviously have all way, that great. The hitting. Braves are very good too now. The sure. Braves are going to be very good again. So, uh, so we'll see. The Braves, though, do you have to make a counter move here? Well, I think the Braves were better than the Dodgers going before these two moves. I think they're the not Braves, now, but they may they, they they may not be now. The the Braves, I still think the Braves will lead lead baseball in scoring. I think the Braves will outscore everybody. So. So we'll see. It'll it'll be the Braves are really really good. The Braves have that great 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 line. The Braves got to be able to pitch. The Braves the Braves lose because they can't pitch. So if the Braves can, that's the big thing is the Braves have to be able to pitch. And I do wonder what do the Rays do now because obviously Shane McClanahan had already been out. You know he was your ace because he had surgery. And so now with Glass now, I mean, what do they do pitching wise? That'll be interesting to see. By the way, Frank, here's the lineup that I'm looking at for the Dodgers. Betts will lead off, then Freddie Freeman, then Otani, then Will Smith, Max Muncie, James Altman, about, Jason Hayward, Miguel Rojas, and David Peralta. How about that? How about, <laughs> how about that line? By the way, my buddy Pedro Bregan, who does yes. way more baseball than I do, he thinks he may get the record at 117. That's yeah. what I, I – mean, yeah, Pedro, I think that's Pedro, kind of what he's Pedro, Pedro thinks they may, this may be the team that hits the 117. Which and and I think, honestly, I think the league office should embrace that. I, I think it should be the storyline of the offseason yeah. and launch it yeah. now. That are the Dodgers, are, are they on the cusp of having 
the greatest one of the greatest seasons that we've ever seen. Okay, you 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 play for the Diamondbacks and you get you called up you get called up from Triple A, and you're 24. You've never played in the big leagues, so you're headed to Chavez Ravine. And your first three batters are Mookie Betts, <laughs> Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani. Those are that's one, two, and three. That's in your, amazing. That's your lineup: Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani. Good luck. Hey, hey, good. Hey, get loose. Get loose out there, buddy. <laughs> We're hey. wearing, wearing like some number seventy-four or something because he just got called up. Yeah, no better way to I guess get initiated into the sport. Uh, when it comes to the NFL, Hayes, did you realize we are 58 days away from Super Bowl 58 today? It's hard to believe we'll arrive in Vegas, I guess, in 54 days um, <laughs> to launch our coverage of the Jaguars' first appearance. Wouldn't that be insane one. if the Jaguars really were able to go to the Super Bowl and your first time and my first time in Las Vegas was for the Jaguars oh, you, playing you, in the Super Bowl? You've never been to Vegas either? No, okay. never. I'm ready. Vegas, by the way, is pretty good. Okay, just well, Vegas is pretty good. I'm telling you, Vegas is... I, now, I've heard look, nothing but good things. Listen, I'm not one of these guys that have been 25 times. I, I know guys that, because I'm not a well, gambler. Right, the gamblers love, But yeah. I've been four or five, and it's pretty good. I've, pretty I've good. heard the food is spectacular. The shows are super the great. Shows are, the shows are magnificent. I mean, they, they, they have, the shows are magnificent. All right, so because it's 58 days until Super Bowl 58, you can certainly change between now and then, but who are the two teams playing in that Super Bowl in Vegas in Allegiant yeah, Stadium? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. For, it's hard not to be the 49ers for me. Mm-hmm. It's just hard not to. I think we'll all pick that. The AFC, I mean, the Ravens are the pick today, but I don't know if I think it's the Ravens. I, uh, I mean, it was today the Ravens and the 49ers are the two best teams. I think there's something there with, the, with, uh, with Buffalo still for some crazy reason. If they get in, they're going to be a pain. I think Jacksonville's got a chance. I guess I'd have to say Ravens and 49ers now. If I had to say it now, if I was, if I was really betting my money, mm-hmm. I'd probably say that. You? I'll go Jaguars-Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's very different. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and the I'd, Chiefs will be in play. Yeah. I think I'd away. probably go 49ers-Chiefs just because it's hard to pick yeah. against the Chiefs as of now. Uh, when it comes to last night's game, I don't think most people watched. However, just want to point out eight different Raiders scored a touchdown last night, the most by any team in a game since the Rams in 1950. Three different Raiders scored their first career touchdowns, Zamir White, Trey Tucker, and John Jenkins. The 42-point win is the largest by an interim head coach since the merger. Antonio Pierce, this is what I want to get y'all's take on. Antonio Pierce, the interim coach for the Raiders, was asked by Kaylee Hartung at halftime what he told his Raiders team about the second half. He said, quote, press the gas pedal even harder, end quote. Agree or disagree? Well, he did because he, he did. Because, because they, they ran a trick play. You see that? Yep. Yeah. Up Myers four, Adams. Up 42 yeah. to nothing. <laughs> up 42 to nothing, they ran a trick play. And I that was, was the moment Brandon Staley yeah, was fighting. Again, in, in baseball, someone's getting hit. Right. Okay. In, in, in the baseball equivalent of that, someone's, someone's going someone's gonna to wear one. You yeah. Know? If the other team cares and right, is right. actually trying and the well, Chargers well, weren't. By the the Raiders pick six was a yes. thing of beauty. Yes. I mean, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more in this day of just the quick getting the ball out and the horizontal passing game, mm-hmm. why blitzers don't have a little bit more of a heads up on, look, I know you're trying to get the quarterback, but the ball may come right to you. Yes. And But the catch, I mean, to make the one-handed stab, uh, really was uh, one of the prettiest plays I've seen in the NFL this year. Did you realize the last time Michigan beat Alabama was the year 2000? And Tom Brady was the Wolverines quarterback. That's wow. the last time. <laughs> no, I didn't. Is that right? So mm-hmm. was that Lloyd Carr versus uh, who would that have been? Francione? Not Stallings? No, he'd have been gone. Mike Price? No, he didn't. He wasn't he there. Didn't. Mike DeBose. Mike DeBose. Yeah. How about wow. that? How about that? 
A long time ago. A very long time ago. I was a senior slash freshman, senior in high school slash freshman in college. Uh, and one final note, this is the most positive one of the week. Dick Vitale revealed last night on Twitter that he is cancer-free. Santa Claus came a little early. And that's a great note. One of the, one of the most positive people in sports, one of the most uh, enthusiastic people. That is great, great news. All right. Uh, time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is enjoy Sunday night football. You've waited a long time to have it. It is here. Be safe. Have fun. Go Jaguars. I like it. Uh, my concern certainly Sunday night is going to be the fact that the offensive line hasn't played well. And like Hayes pointed out earlier, the Ravens defensive front and the linebackers are really good. But I think this Jaguars team is going to play loose and free and easy. They have really nothing to lose. They're no longer probably going to be the number one AFC uh, seed. So, you know what? Go out there, play football, like backyard football, like we used to say when Blake Bortles was the quarterback here. And don't get mad at one another. Not that that happens very often, but just be on the same page, hopefully. And I think it is going to be a fantastic crowd. It's not going to rain Sunday night. So just because it's going to be awful weather tomorrow night and early Sunday morning, don't let that scare you from going downtown to Everbank Stadium. It is going to be like like we've waited for for so many years. One of those nights that hopefully you tell your kids about. Look, the Jaguars beat the Ravens last year. Hayes, I would say the Jaguars weren't as good of a team overall a season ago as this team. Okay, a few injuries certainly has hampered it. But overall, I'd say this team is better than the team that beat the Ravens last season. Yeah, and the Ravens are better. It's going to be a great test, you know, and, and it'd be a fan- And that's what you want. Yeah, a fantastic victory if the Jaguars are able to get it done. One thing really quick. Yeah. Uh, Princely. Uman Mielin. To Ole Miss official. Okay, yeah. And I saw his brothers at Nebraska, so he decided not to go there. And his former defensive line coaches at Texas A&M, he decided not to go there. So Lane Kiffin is a really good recruiter. And uh, in a year from now, is Lane Kiffin potentially coaching somewhere else, Hayes? Like yeah, we will see. <laughs> we, will, we will see. They, we know they will be both visiting Gainesville. Ole Miss comes to the swamp uh, in that, uh, that really treacherous final five games for the Florida Gators next year. Absolutely. All right. Before we say hello, hello to Rick Ballou, I wanted to say happy birthday to Suzanne. Frank is off to Suzanne's birthday party this evening, and then uh, obviously he'll call the game on Sunday. But happy birthday to her. I hope they have a fantastic time this evening, and uh, hope everybody out there has a very safe weekend. Like I said, weather's not going to be all that great tomorrow night and early Sunday, but don't let it stop you from going downtown Sunday night. Let us say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Rick. Yeah? What? What's going on? What do you think about your FSU men's basketball team? My men's basketball yeah. team? I think they suck. Okay, I was just kidding. What do you think about Jaguars-Ravens? I fired Jay, I, I fired Leonard Hamilton A long 18 time years ago. He yeah. just never left, so... <laughs> I mean, don't blame me. That is very true. I was in Chicago at the time, and I fired him. Oh, really? That's how long ago it was. That's been a minute. Very good recruiter, but the worst (laughs) in-game manager, coach I think I've ever seen. He he just rolls the ball out there. He, um, I'm sorry. I mean, I know a lot of people love him. I, I think he's been a terrible coach. And he's got the most wins of any college basketball coach, uh, ever there at Florida State. More than Coach Durham, more than, uh. My good buddy Pat Kennedy, but 
Come take him away, please. This might be the last season for him. What do you think about Jaguars Ravens? Uh, I think Baltimore is going to need a Leonard Hamilton type coaching uh, performance <laughs> in order for the Jaguars to pull off this one. Oh, you think it's that hard? Well, I do. I, you know, I, um, although Jacksonville's five and two this year against teams with winning records, mm-hmm. they're three and three against teams with losing records. They seem to play better against better competition. Um, I just hate the Cisco and Campbell announcement that came in today. I, I, I think that's really going to hurt. Yep. And, you know, we'll see. It feels like a run and stop the run game. And you look at those numbers last year, close to 160 on the ground for Baltimore, only 38 on the ground for Jacksonville, yet Jacksonville scored 18 fourth-quarter points uh, to win that game in a, in a thrilling fashion. I I, uh, I just think Baltimore right now is, is the better team. They're better in arguably – every phase except for their passing offense. And, you know, Jacksonville's beaten up. Uh, Kyle Hamilton's really the only major decision uh, for Baltimore here on Sunday. Yeah, when the news first came out, it seemed like he was going to miss a couple yeah. of games. But obviously he's uh, flexible like Trevor. And so now he's just listed as questionable. He's a tough guy like Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, will you be locked into the three games tomorrow, the NFL games? Yes, absolutely. I, I will. It's a really bad day for Bulls. I'm going to look at them tonight and have a little bit of fun with them. But I think we have, what, 41, 42 bowls? I mean, uh, yeah, there's a hefty slate tomorrow, just yeah, not a lot of, like not a lot of great and, games. No, yeah. not, not, not really good at all. But uh, anyway, it's football, and, and uh, there's not a lot of these weekends left. So uh, certainly enjoy them. But, uh, yeah, three games, a little bit of a Christmas party out in St. Augustine oh. tomorrow night. So it's going to get crazy. And then, of Is this course, at a house or at a bar? Sunday. It's a house party. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like the first time I've been invited to a house party in like 10 years. <laughs> and I wasn't even invited. The GF was. And I'm kind of tagging along. Well, I can understand. I don't get invited, invited to house parties. You know, you know that. <laughs> That's because you host all the house parties. No, I do not. I do not. All right, Rick. We'll see you Sunday night. All right. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Into the night with Rick Blue is next. Don't go anywhere. Keep it right here on 10 to next on 2.5 FM. For Frank Frangie, for Hayes Carlin, for RJ Saunders, I'm Lauren Brooks. Go Jack.